podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this episode has been provided by Ratio Keto-Friendly Crunchy Bars. If counting macros makes your head spin, count instead on a snack by Ratio. They've done the math for you, so you can spend less time studying the label and more time enjoying your day. Delicious and convenient, both their toasted almond and lemon almond flavors have two grams of net carbs and a unique combination of sugar and protein, all in a satisfying crunch. Interested? Ratio Keto-Friendly Bars are now available in the granola bar aisle at Walmart. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Touchline Fracker. This evening's panel has a lovely blend of characters. I'm going to start with Fahi. Fahi, how are you doing? Yo, how you doing, bro? Yeah, so you're the Liverpool Ride or Die, a member of that other pod, which I forget Ugh. the name of. Oh, really? I don't, I don't Is listen, it? I don't listen to it, so I can't I remember. I mean, I'm... <laughs> them crybabies. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> them crybabies there, man. Cool. Uh, next, we've got uh, Leroy. How you doing, Leroy? What's going on? I'm good, man. How are you doing? Yeah, not bad. Touchy Gunas regular, long-suffering yeah. Arsenal fan. And <laughs> last but not least, we've got Meads uh, continuing the habit of the last six years of only showing up when Chelsea win. How you no, doing, Meads? <laughs> I'm good, you know. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Good, good. I can hear, I can hear that. those three points for Lampsey in, in your voice, man. Uh, glad to start the season off finally on a match week three. Uh, before we start, just want to remind you guys of a few things we've got going on at the moment. So before we started this season, we said that we're going to make sure that we're producing more content, not just on Twitter, across all platforms. So that's my way of telling you guys to go on the YouTube channel, subscribe, check out what we've got on there. We put the live show up on there, leave a comment, interact. We try and be as interactive as we are on Twitter, but, you know, we've got lives and stuff. And also, believe it or not, we've got an Instagram page, which I'm actually going to follow after this pod. Uh, make sure you do the same. <laughs> make sure you do the same thing. Yeah, crazy, crazy stuff. Yeah, uh, make sure you do the same thing. Uh, so let's get into it straight away, guys. We're going to start with uh, the big game, which I guess is Liverpool versus uh, Arsenal. Uh, let's start from Leroy's perspective. Leroy, how how did you find the performance? Uh, um, obviously, it wasn't a good performance. We got banged up in it. We we were dominated from start to finish. Um, we were camped in. We played we played it like a little team. We, it's like we were going to. We were Stoke going away to Anfield. Really, um, there were some small positives, but I think they've been over egged by the Sky Sports commentary and by a lot of the Arsenal Twitter sphere. Let's say. Um, Why do you think but, that is? Is that because in general you're not, you're really, you're we, not really rated? So we, yeah, we're not rated like that, man. The so we, you could get people are exaggerating them. Yeah, no, because we, I mean, because we we didn't lose like we didn't lose four goals in the first ten minutes. That that's probably why, and that's what we usually do when we go to Anfield. But overall, 
Um, I was disappointed with Emery mainly because um, I can see and I can understand why he started with the diamond. Um, so I, you could see what he was trying to do. He was trying to give the ball to the fullbacks and yep, the fullbacks can cross it. We're going to clear it. Thinking, right, we're going to make sure uh, Salah and Mane don't really get any space. So we're going to double up on them with the wing, the fullback, sorry, and the lateral midfielder. So the, either the right midfielder or the left midfielder. So again, Doozy and Sabahs were doing a hell of, hell of a lot of running, hell of, hell of a lot of running, um, just to try and close off and double up. Um, it didn't really work, and it was quite obvious after the first five to ten minutes it wasn't going to work. So for me, this supposedly tactical, flexible coach, I would like to see a reactive change there. I think, right, this isn't working. You need to change something quick, quite quickly because clearly um, we've, we've got a problem. Um, Liverpool didn't really create that much in the first sort of half apart from the header, obviously. So uh, we did. We, if we got into half, um, half-time half 0-0, it would have been all right. But personally, I would have changed it up to a three and thinking we're under too much pressure here. It was inevitable we were going to concede. But um, overall, yeah, we didn't really play well. We, we conceded three goals. Um, we were kind of in the game because we did look dangerous in the counter-attack and a few counter-attacks we had. But obviously, David Luiz took us out of the game um, by himself, single-handedly. Ouch, um, ouch. That's your best literally. defender, no? Wait, allow it, man. You know my thoughts on that, man. <laughs> like, nah, but he took it. Like, we were in the game at 1-0 like, because we, had, we, had, we held a counter-threat. Liverpool weren't particularly creative in terms of clear-cut chances. And literally two brain fart moments from David Luiz take us to three 0 Game game done. He loves um, it, so yeah, he loves it. He's terrible. Like he's a terrible defender. I don't care what you do in the game. If you are literally single handedly responsible for your team's conceding two goals in key moments of the game, it's done. Done out here. Terrible game. That's it. Scary. Uh, Fahi obviously celebrating yep. another home victory against Arsenal. But pretty regular day at the office, I'd say. It, it, it's it's like a regular occurrence. Like to the point we weren't even worried about the game. And that's the truth. Like, I've been more worried about the other games that we've had, so like Southampton and stuff like that. Arsenal, I wasn't worried. We predicted 3-1. Everyone said it, and it happened. So we knew they were going to get a goal. They did get a goal. But in terms of the way they played, I get the way they set up, but by having a diamond in midfield, they kind of exposed the fullbacks. It was ridiculous. So Robertson and Trent, they were just free to do whatever they wanted. Um... I would say the first half, just like Leroy was saying, we didn't really create much, but that's because we were just hitting and hoping crosses. But as time went on, we opened up space. When the penalty happened in the second half, it completely opened up the game. And then you saw what we were doing. It was more like exhibition football till like the 65th minute. And then they kind of just put the foot down and just like kind of chilled, stayed in gear three. And that was it. it. It was like a regular game. Like there was nothing for me to really worry about watching that. Um, yeah, I'm kind of disappointed. I really expected more from Arsenal, and they just didn't bring it. Yeah, I think uh, you're meeting them pretty early in their season. Obviously, they've brought in all these these new boys, but the majority of them haven't actually got a chance to get up to speed yet. So I'm expecting a, an improved Arsenal as the season goes on. But yeah, probably a, a few weeks too too early for the to, for the, the guys. Uh, Meads, to, to be honest, go on. to be honest, one second. I'm I'm actually happy with like your full. I mean, what did you make of your fullback performances? Oh, hello, boy. I, I mean. Do you mean defensively I, or offensively? No, no offensively, because to be honest, I, I thought most of the time they were doing much or nothing. Like, yeah, I was were. happy for them just launching it in all day because like, really and truly, it wasn't really causing any problems. It yeah. wasn't at all. Um, it, so was, it, was, it, was, 
Nothing Done. about it actually caused Arsenal any issues. The crossing from deep and even just any any of their play from the, the fullbacks wasn't actually causing them issues. That's it, was all, it was all transitional. When it was in transition, that is when Arsenal looked in shit, basically. So you can um, say Emery's tactic worked. Kind of was working. It was it, working. I, but, no, then, it was. but then we, we shake the set piece. But on the set piece, I have no idea why Genduzi was tasked with masking Matip every corner. Makes no sense. Yeah. You've got Socrates who took responsibility and he was marking Van Dijk. Why is Louise not taking responsibility and marking Matthew? Do you think maybe Emery mixed up Gunduzi because... and Louise? <laughs> uh, I, I do, man. I that's... do it as well. Nah, it's terrible, think... man. Do you not have responsibility there? I think, obviously, the way Arsenal defence set pieces is a mixture of man marking and zone. Eternal, exactly. I think yeah. that David Louise is supposed to be the guy that attacks the ball. And that's, okay. the, that's the thing. So I think it's, it's not necessarily. You know, you can't switch him around because Torreira is not going to be able to attack the ball. Like, no one really, else, no one else is able to attack the ball. And David Luiz is probably the best attack of the ball in your team defensively. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll have that. So that's probably what it is. I think it's more that than anything else. But then again, you're right. Torreira shouldn't be automatic. It should be someone else at least, at the very least. But again, yeah, if you try bringing someone who's taller, um, like say Pepe who's slightly tall. Aubameyang and again that kills your counter-attacking threats so I get it but I don't think that Torreira was the right guy to be on it, it was Gendouzi but even then he's, he's the wrong guy because Matip literally had munches him munches him anyway so it's but, like, um, but the thing is I, I don't think Liverpool were uh, for, for all their position and for us to see them position I don't think they were that, spe- that spectacular whatsoever we I, think we, get, we I think we gave them a game and no, the thing is yeah, as, in terms of the counter-attacking threat um, if Pepe nets that goal it's a different story it's a completely different story because they weren't really creating much. And if he nets that goal and actually, because um, he should have, he should have scored. Let's be real, he should have scored. And um, I think it's a different problem. So Liverpool didn't look particularly impressed to me, but we were quite bad. Yeah, uh, you no, know what? We, I, I think really sorry, gone. Yeah, I also gone. think that Liverpool know what you're about essentially, and they kind of knew they could coast through the vast majority of the game and only really needed a few moments of upping it a bit and they'd beat you and I think that's essentially how it played out Louise, not really because they didn't up it. Louise, it we gave it to them <laughs> what did you give to us now, Louise, Louise gave you two goals and, and you got and you got a shitty set piece yeah but apart, apart from that what else did you get I was just going to say, what other chances did Liverpool really have in that game? It literally you gave you three goals. Else. No, 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 but okay, we're, we're, we're to, okay, let's be objective. You're yeah. talking about needing anything else, that's not the point we're trying to make. What did you guys create beyond those moments? Because basically, Liverpool won, the, to them. Liverpool won the game in moments, mm-hmm. and two of those moments were literally gifted mm-hmm. to, to, your, to your side. We're not going to say... I, I still think that you lot controlled the game, and that's you... But in oh, terms cool. of creating chances yeah, and creating yeah. dangerous opportunities, I don't think there was many. And um, that's the thing. Like, by the was... 46, it's true. But by the 46th minute, it was 2-0. And they're like, really and truly, what more is there to do? We knew the game was done by then. Did you know nothing that... but, uh, I, and, actually, no, you know what? I hear what you're trying to say. You mean that it's 2-0, so there's really not much else that you need to be carving. You don't really need to be carving out. You just yeah, managed to be really and truly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what you're trying to say. All right, fair enough. So, yeah, like basically Arsenal handed it to us. I'm not impressed by the performance we had, really and truly. It was a basic performance, but it was handed on a plate to us. We finished it off. It was yeah. end of the game. We didn't really need to do anything else. That's fair. Right, let's talk about Salah's third goal, innit? Because yeah, that's <laughs> important. So, that's well, important. Let's, let's, let's go right to the start of it. Cool. So, do you want to talk about the moment <laughs> Louise risked it all? Wait, wait, wait. wait. All right, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> That guy is a Jules, slut. I have to defend my guy. He's a right. slut. 
right, so let me just put it like this. Yeah. Like, so David Luiz, yeah, he even admitted in the interview after the game, and I think he was very candid and quite honest, but quite honestly, about how he felt, how the game went, and obviously him pulling the shirt, blah, blah, blah. Um, his point about pulling the shirt is quite valid. Um, but still, if you pull a shirt, you run the risk of getting a yellow card anyway. Um, and with VAR especially, you know that's probably a penalty. Well, um, the point's not valid because it's a foul, isn't it? Like, it's a foul. No, 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 it's a foul. So his saying, point where he... Oh, I didn't... No, what he's saying is... bullshit. You pull no, the shirt, no, no, it's, it's a foul, it's, isn't it? It's valid because him saying that, a slight tug of the shirt, yeah, even though... Because it's not... But it's a foul. It's, uh, it's not really, bro. It is a foul. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. Yeah, people, people... Hold on. If he's yanking you and trying to drag you back, Colt, that's a foul. No, you, you, but you pull his shirt, it's a foul. Literally, it's a foul. Yeah, me, you're like, doing what? You're doing bare the, the, yeah, the thing is, yeah. The thing is, yeah. By the rules, by it's the a foul, you know. That's it. By the letter of the law, it's, it's a foul. It's yeah? a foul. But I'm saying. But I'm no, saying, it's a foul, <laughs> So it's a foul, <laughs> isn't it? Like, Wait, no, no, no. What I'm saying is, he's not necessarily impeding you. So he's not necessarily. So but it's a foul. But I'm saying it's him not him not him dragging your shirt or slightly touching your shirt isn't necessarily. So, so if it's not impeding him. Then why has he done it? Because it's a foul. It's silly. No, that's what I'm saying. It's silly. But some defenders like to feel their man. Like a, a nah. lot of defenders. Nah, nah, sorry. Come on, man. The, the reason he's done it is because he got skipped past. He got skipped past. He panicked and he grabbed his shirt because he thinking, oh, man. That, that's what happened. It was a reflex panic action. It's a foul regardless. It's a stupid thing because he still had someone there on the cover. The yeah. person who was there on the cover in terms of Socrates could have shielded him out wide and let him have the shot. At the end of the day, the shot's got, what, maybe a 20, 30% chance of going in from that position. Like the penalty, and instead of giving a penalty, like you're giving a, a certain goal. So it's a dickhead move. Yeah, it was silly. It was a silly mistake, but then again, that affected the way he went in for the third goal. Now, in terms of the third goal, he shouldn't have lunged anyway. Now, if you're going to lunge, you have to take your man out. That's the thing. He's already on a yellow card, so he can't take his man out. Because if he takes his man out, then it's 4-5-0. And then it's a bigger issue. But the basics of defending, like, if you're teaching a five-year-old how to defend, you you don't meet speed with speed. You make sure you've got your foot position and your body position in right, and then you jockey backwards because you're good, you know you're going to be on the turn. You're yeah. on the half turn, you're ready to go in the right direction. Why is he approaching the, uh, one of the quickest players in the league in the opposite direction with his body position all completely messed twisted up? Twisted his body. Twisted his body, not even concentrating on what he's doing. This is exactly the classic thing David Luiz does in terms of he, he'll do things great 78% of the time and sometimes we just switch off Body position all wrong. Basics of defending out the window. And then he gets skipped past. Standard. Standard bullshit. I, I yeah. can't stand him. Yeah. Like, it's just, I, it's just I, dumb. I still, think, I still think he's quality, but he does definitely has some brain fart moments. Now, goal. in terms of that, so in, terms yeah. of that, in terms of that goal, I think when your midfield got bypassed, he had to engage. He had to, well, I wouldn't say engage, but he, he had to step out. He had to close up, yes, 100%. 100%. He, had to, he had to marshal that better. And obviously, he made a mistake um, in trying in trying to be super aggressive in his tackle. His um, mistake was his body position, though. Because the thing is, even I, if you're going to go into being aggressive in a tackle, I, I mean, I he went every, with the wrong leg. No, because, I think it was every, because he twisted every, his body. I think it was everything. I think in that situation, the moment he that he is engaging in that much force, I think he is. There is no. There's nothing he could do beyond that. At that point in time, there's nothing he could do. So the, once the, you engage that much and you're running at that speed. You're dead. Really? Because, but so that's the first problem. Why, you, there's engaging and there's not, not there's engaying properly. He didn't engage properly saying, because he got his body position wrong and he, no, he met speed with speed. 
No, but what I'm saying is if he... In, so that's what... I, no, I, and I'm saying... I agree with what you're saying. I'm saying if he did not do that and marshaled it well, he would have probably defended that better. But he... By the moment that he started to run at speed to try and engage with Salah, it was game over because he was getting a yellow card, and that's a red card, or what happened, happened. <laughs> that, that, those were only two outcomes in that situation. Yeah. Master class from Louise. But uh, Louise, now let me let me just oh, put this on record. Yeah, now. Let me just put this on record, real quick, real quick, because obviously Meads and Dan have been saying that David Louise is our best defender, and it's clear as day. Yeah. Me myself, I've been saying Socrates is by far and away a better defender than David Louise. So we I, we said ten games in it. So yeah. we're actually going to put it out to a poll at the end, at the end of the ten games, and it's going to be on the, um, uh, all the Arsenal fans on. I'm keeping a list on big mistakes or near misses made by David Luiz and Socrates that lead to either goals or near misses. What's the score it's 4-0. Four, it's 4-0, four four bro. It's 4-0 <laughs> already. Because that <laughs> thing in the first five minutes, Luiz didn't know Firmino was behind him. He left the ball to go across the pitch. Firmino was literally about a foot away from having a tap-in at the back post because he was not concentrating on what he was doing. Literally a near miss, but cool. No one's going to remember that, but it's on the list, isn't it? 4-0, we'll see in 10 games. Cool. Cool. All right. So, uh, who caught this afternoon's game? Oh, and I forget. Like one sec, Mariah. I just need to. Ask <laughs> oh my and, god! And this more attention, <laughs> innit? This game. Let this angry. game have a bit more attention what? first. Yeah. Wait. What we, do you listen, think? Let, wait, wait, wait. Just wait. Let's. Like, Arsenal. <laughs> listen. Arsenal are a nasty team. We already know that. Yeah. A whole twenty-five minutes. You know that, yeah. this, man. And wait, you. Wait, wait, wait. Aubameyang, I need to talk about him. Fahim comes to get his agendas off, boy. You could have two minutes on, oh my God. Yeah. 31, 31 goals in 38 games yeah, against the other Premier League clubs. Why has he only scored three goals in 14 games against the big six if he's a world-class striker? Because his team is crap. Because Arsenal's crap. And you know what? You know what? Let let Leroy let Leroy have the floor. Right, this is an intriguing an intriguing question. I'm I'm uh, I, I need I mean, to hear. He was right. on the left yesterday. He wasn't no, playing I'll left. Answer, I'll answer it. I'll answer it. At the end of the day, first things first. Over, <laughs> <laughs> over is going to five Let me just say that now. Wait, hold on. Quick question, let... Leroy. Before you crack on, did you have him in your top ten prem players? Nah. So, so right, ooh, cool, really? Cool, right, hold cool. on. Nah. Wait, what? Hold on. Now, let him, Fahi. Let, wait, let him answer uh, Fahi. Let him answer Fahi. No, there's, there's 10 players better than him. In the but league. he's world class. Yeah. What, what do you think world class is? Because he's still one of the best strikers in the world. Simple. Wait, I, I he's, mean, called 40, he's called 40, 30 or 40 goals in how many seasons consecutively? How can you deny it? In different look leagues. Look at the teams he's scoring against. No, no that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. so, uh, <laughs> in terms of Aubameyang, yeah. Aubameyang is a world-class striker, but he does miss chances because he gets such a high volume of chances, he will miss chances, no problem. Against the smaller teams, we're going to get a higher amount of chances than we do against the bigger teams. Mm. Um, he, um, in terms of against the bigger teams, we only get a few chances a game. He might miss them. So he's missed sitters in every single one of those games. Mm. Every single one of those games he's missed a sitter. Um, the problem is, we don't get that many chances because Arsenal are consistently the worst performers of the big six, especially in those games. We, we always get battered in those games, especially away from home. Mm. Only last season, we started to turn out some form at home. Um, so really and truly, it's just because when you're the worst team in the big six and you're getting battered every game, what do you expect your creative players to do? Um, not many of us, like the same with Ozil. Ozil's not going to assist in those games. Lacazette's probably not got a good goal record in those games. Focus, players, on, focus on Uber, yeah? No, but none of our players have Dragging hella bad into this conversation. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. None of our players have a good record in those games. And that's the reason. He missed, he, he missed too many sitters, which is, which is a point. But 
It's just it's just the way it is. Like we're not good. All right, let me ask a couple of questions. Uh, um, so on, <laughs> it's just a quick one. Um, so there's this like this Belgian youth that um, disappeared into Milan not too long ago, um, and uh, he had a reputation of you know being a flat track bully, only scoring against the lower half of um, the Premier League. Okay. Um, and he was a proven Premier League striker, I guess. People like this word proven. Um, in the fact that he scored for multiple seasons, 20-plus goals for Everton. Um, didn't hit the same heights at United. Um, obviously, you're quite the, the space that, you, that you're going to get at United is going to be slightly different. The respect that you get at United is going to be slightly different um, to what you get at Everton. Now, Aubameyang, do you not think that there's an element of... There needs to be an element of... I guess ranking and rating on a striker if he doesn't perform against the best teams. Do you mm. not think this, uh, it depends? It, it depends because you only as a striker you're very depend. Well, it depends on what type of striker you are. Some of them are individualistic, but he's not. You're very dependent on the chances your team creates. So I feel like all of the assessment of Oba has to be taken in context of Arsenal because if you do you think if Oba, let me ask you like a lot of questions. You think if Aubameyang was at Man City, he wouldn't be scoring in the big games? Yeah, he would. He would. Exactly. He would. He'd be netting. He'd be netting. But, 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 but wait, hold on, hold on. Using Man City as a barometer for big. Nah. Okay. Okay. Nah. Forget. Okay. Forget. Forget Man City. Forget Man City. If you think Aubameyang was at Liverpool, would you? Nah. Think but again, the again, I wouldn't use us as a barometer. Right? No. No. But that's what I'm saying. Because at the end of the <laughs> yeah, day, no City, you mate. No, yeah, but, but we create say. chances. That's the thing. That's the whole point. Yeah, so what? Do you think a striker's oh, going to score in a team that creates chances? Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is the whole point. So you have to judge because at the end of the day, someone like Lukaku, I think Lukaku could be at um, Liverpool and I don't think he's scoring the big games because I don't think he's that good. But no, Bambi, I'm confident he's clapping. I think Lukaku will score in big games at Liverpool. I, I think he would. Disagree. Think he will, man. He's disagree. I, I, dead, I don't man. think he would. I think he's cap at City. He's ruined the team game, man. Nah. He'd ruin the team game. They'd create, less, they'd, create, they'd create less and he'd score less in those setups than the current strikers that yeah. they have. But I know Aubameyang Liverpool have, is netting off. I know Liverpool have Firmino, so that's scary thought, but that's how I feel about it. Wait, wait, so you think... No, no, see, uh, one thing I... Um, as much as I criticise Firmino, yeah, in terms of his importance, in terms of Liverpool's attack... Can't understate it. I don't think that Aubameyang will give as much off the he ball. He wouldn't. He wouldn't. Exactly. He wouldn't, but he clapped holes. And, and especially with Liverpool, that will come as a, as a detriment to their attack. A million percent. But he clapped goals in big games, regardless. I, I'm so positive mm. that if you put him at Liverpool in the big games, especially at Anfield, he's clapping differently. All right, so Leroy, what's the excuse for yesterday? Because we basically played a 2-5-3, right? So it was Pepe and Oba against Van Dijk and Matip. Yeah. You guys had us on the counter quite a few times. Right. Oba had, Oba had a one-on-one chance. Pepe he, set him up. He was, he was offside. All right, but even then, right? Listen. So he hasn't had a legit, he didn't have a legitimate chance yesterday. Oba, one. He didn't have one legitimate chance yesterday. The only mm-hmm. chance he had was that one-on-one after, I think it was at 46 minutes after half-time and he was offside. So, but does that say a lot about his big game presence, though? Like, not really. Did you watch the game? Did you see we were camped in our half for literally 89 no, out of the 90 I'm, minutes? The games aren't like that all the time. The games no, aren't like that, that, all the time. that Yeah, but we're, just, we're talking about yesterday. But I'm just saying, generally, out of the big six, we're the worst <laughs> team. We have probably the worst record against the big worse six. Than we, get clapped, yeah, we get clapped in every single big team game in terms of the mini league. So we, we're at the bottom of that. So that's why. It's hard to argue with that, lads. 
You think you're worse than United? We're not worse than United as a team right now, but in terms of the big six, we'll probably finish in the big six mini league. We'll probably finish below them because even though we're not as bad as United as a team, probably over two games, they beat us. Why is that? Because they've got more players, they've got more attackers that stand it's up. Just, it, it, we just we struggle against big teams. So we're, we're, we're flat-track bullies generally. Like Arsenal yep. are very, very good at uh, dealing with the bottom 10. And we do that probably better than most of the other teams apart from City and Liverpool. Um, but then we do struggle when we face the better teams in the top half of the league. Not just the big six. That, mm. that tier below as well, the Wolves, the Leicester, we mm. struggle with them. The reason, what, what's, what's made Wenger's career of making top four is bullying the bottom 10, league, 10 teams in the league. And that's just the way Arsenal are because we're not, we haven't been particularly a good team. Don't get me wrong, I see signs we're getting better and I'm being more positive than I am for it, than I have in a long time. But the fact remains, we're still not the best team and we still are just bits like trap bullies and that's what we do so in terms of that mini league in the top six we're the worst simple I, we don't get I, the most chances simple that's I, why I put over higher up he's gonna he's gonna net he's i agree still world class i agree with that but i still think that so i think united are probably worse than you are but i still think that but, i still think that rashford and martial would do more in a bigger game than obamian would so yeah awesome. you, you say united are worse than us that's who's, how gonna, who's gonna who's gonna excellent. get who's gonna get the better of us Who's going to get better out of the teams um, home and away this season, you'd say, out of the two teams, Man United and Arsenal? Head-to-head. Head-to-head. Okay, so oh, for all the top six? No, no. Head-to-head, United versus Arsenal. Uh, so we're going to Old Trafford, they come to Emirates. Who's going to get the better of that? I think they will beat you at OT and probably scrape a win at Emirates as well. I Precisely. Think, Precisely. That's my point. I think. I think. I think that. And I, and the only reason why is because I think that they have more. I think they have better players that stand up in the big games, and they have done so throughout their careers. Right. Basically. So. So. so that's, that's but they, they, they'll they'll create more chances in the big games, and they'll be better in the big games. So I can put my briefcase down. Case closed. Okay. Okay. Done. So let's let's move on because I think that's enough about a pretty dull game. If I'm being honest. <laughs> um. <laughs> like let's just. Quickly touch on a team that literally just lost, fresh off, fresh off the uh, defeat at home to Newcastle. So shout out Clinton from last <laughs> week's pod, our long-suffering Newcastle <laughs> fan. It's a shame we couldn't yeah. be on this week. Uh, let's talk about it, lads. What, what did you yeah. see today? Because obviously, with their moves in summer, everybody had a lot of hype around Spurs. Um, what did you see from their performance today? Should they be worried or was it just one of those days? Um, you know what? I, I think Spurs should be worried, you know. I don't think everything's rosy at Spurs. I think there are quite a few rumblings, and I think Trippier alluded to it um, when he moved to Atletico, saying that things behind the scenes aren't all what they think they are. You know what I mean? So I I don't think Poch is happy. As much as he got La Celso, got Ndombele, I don't think he's particularly happy there. Um, but it's early. Spurs tend to start early. I mean, they tend to start slow, like early on in the season. They tend to kind of be a bit rubbish and then they pick up form towards Christmas and stuff. So I, it's a weird one. I'd be worried because it doesn't seem like everything around the club is all rosy, but I'd also be quite normal because this is what Spurs generally do. In terms of the game itself, uh, my brother went to the game. Um, so big up Mead Senior. Uh, he said what that... What are you bigging him up for? Because I'm bigger than <laughs> what? what? This man just shouted out his brother. Just bigger than his brother. Because he kindly done a summary of the game, what he thought of the game. All right, respect for that. I'll give him his prop for that. Take it back. Go. Blood clot. Try and bash me on the pod. Yeah, no, so he basically, he thought, he said what we pretty much said when it came to the game. 
weren't really creating much. Spurs didn't actually have any creativity when they had um, Sissoko and Winks um, in their midfield. There was nothing, nothing coming from them at all. Obviously, it's, it's difficult to break down a bank of five because Newcastle played a three at the back. Obviously, you've got their two fullbacks. And Amarion was working like a dog. Um, so it's just uh, it was very difficult for Spurs to create anything. And I think when you have those kind of players in midfield that aren't really creators, um, Winks is quite he's decent. I wouldn't say he's a creator, though. Um, he's, he's neat with the ball. He recycles the ball well. But without Ericsson, they looked a shambles. Um, no Ericsson, no party. No, exactly. And even yeah. when Ericsson came on... Um, I think it was it was still a bit. It's because Newcastle was so dogged in the, their defense and they were so deep. I don't think that he had the angles to find passes. And also, Harry Kane, his movement today wasn't great. He didn't give Spurs really much anything, and that's not necessarily his fault. It's just it was a bit late in August, so ain't yeah, he? but it's August. You know what he's about. He doesn't come to the party until September, and that's a couple of days. <laughs> so you know what he's about, man. So but- Harry Kane, it, it was a weird one, Son. He was ineffective as well, but again, like they were double teaming. It was, a, I think, it was tactically brilliant from Steve Bruce. And you know, we get onto the old English manager, you know, the washed up ones that have like ten Premier League jobs and all that. But he did a he did a number on Spurs and tactically got it very very right. And I don't think anyone could go away from that game thinking that Spurs should have won the game. Basically, from what I watched, you know it. what? Do you know what? I feel like what you just said. I feel like it's more Poch got it wrong. Yeah. And, yeah. and 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 this is from what I'm seeing from... I watched two of their games this season. I watched the Villa game and I watched this game. And for me, Spurs, literally, they're so centri- central heavy. Like, if you're probably seeing this trend nowadays where a lot of teams, if you're looking at all the different pass maps and stuff, are building through the wings and then coming in. Um, uh, and just to try and create space, basically. Spurs are a very Probably compact around, and central yeah. team going forward, yeah. So they don't really have any width whatsoever in, in their play what, at all. Like they, don't, they don't even try and pretend. They're literally trying to force it through the middle every time. Now, that does not work when you've got a Winks-Sissoko pivot with yeah. Lamella, Lamella in front of them. It's not going to work. They're relying on the quality of someone like Ericsson and his pass quality or um, yeah, someone like... Um, what's this called, Ndombele to dribble out or when Debele used to, to dribble out under pressure to create that disruption to be able to play through the middle. But when you don't have those players, it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. And it was the same against Villa. They look quite easy to defend against. Just stay compact. Don't don't really do anything. There's not really a threat out wide. Just stay compact and let's head on the stick. Let's go. But yeah, they didn't really have any anything really. So I, I feel like Poch, I'm looking at Poch. you got you got to adapt. Like yeah. You've got to do something different. He, yeah. he hasn't done it in either game. The yeah. reason he got he, he scored and has got lucky deflection for for Harry Kane um, in in the Aston Villa game here mm-hmm. they didn't get they didn't get the luck they just didn't mm-hmm. get the luck so I'm thinking Poch bruv like this is something I've noticed about Poch Poch is a very very good coach but he's terrible in game he oh, always gets for time he, yeah. yeah he always gets right. he doesn't make proactive changes and he doesn't make very good um, uh, just things that actually impact the game so. It was weird. So, like, even today, so the, the subs today were baffling. Um, obviously, he had to bring on Ericsson. Um, but you're going to try and get something out of the game. You take off Danny Rose and you bring on Ben Davis. It's baffling. Yeah, just throw something at him, innit? <laughs> <laughs> hit, him with a, hit him with a hezzy. I was so confused, <laughs> bro. I was thinking, what? And he does these kind of things often where you just start to question his in-game management. Um, mm. Big time. Big time. 
Boy, so yeah. what? They really they, they need their main guys who they brought in the summer starting essentially. Would you would you guys think of Winks? Because there's like a mix kind of. Some people think he's really good. Some people don't rate it. Can I get you guys' thoughts on Winks as a player? But basic Ben, yeah. basic Ben. Like I don't see anything special about Harry Winks whatsoever. Like just, I mean, he's pretty tidy, um, reasonably reasonably good technically. Yeah. He doesn't really take too many risks. No. He doesn't really do anything outstanding. He's relatively press resistant, but not amazingly press resistant. He can't really dribble and beat a man. Um, he's decent in the short passing. He'll probably get good pass completion rates. I haven't looked at his statistics, but nothing special whatsoever. So if you're going to have Winks at the base, and he's not particularly athletic either, so he's not doing a particularly great defensive job. If you're going to have Winks in the base, you better believe that you better have some quality next to him. Otherwise, this you, is what you, I'm saying. You need an next to him. You need him. Bring Winston Sissoko to the Emirates, like because if we can't if we can't outplay that pivot in the Emirates, they need to go home. Well, bring now, him to the Emery, carpet. Emery, yeah? Emery needs bring him to the carpet because Emery. If we can't outplay them that midfield, Emery needs to go immediately. He needs to go that day. Oh, we wow. Seth Junior. If you can't, if you can't, if you can't go, if you can't pam them in midfield, Seth Junior, then you lot are mad. I'm sorry. Nah, 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 nah. They need to go. <laughs> Alright, cool. Uh, Fahi, Fahi, I'll be baffling. Fahi, because Fahi, what did you think of the game? I mean, yeah, I watched the whole thing, and it was like Spurs had eighty percent possession, so it's like they had the ball, but Newcastle knew what they were doing. They stayed compact in defence. They they just sat back. They didn't leave any space open for Spurs. Spurs created what two clear cut chances, I think. Other than that, they weren't really doing much. Like they had loads of shots, but most of those shots were outside the box. Mm -hmm. They were just they were just hitting hopes. So I I really wasn't impressed at all, like at all. Yeah, but you know, do you know what? Do you know the problem with Newcastle, right? Because um, they did the same thing against us. Their formation they play, so they play this back three. Then they've got a defensive midfielder in the line in front of the back three. Then they've got two in front of him, so they're playing three in midfield plus the back three. And then they've got their wing backs, which actually tuck in. There is no space to do yeah, nothing. Yeah, not at all. No space. Nothing. Literally, it's very difficult. You can't play into the half spaces. You can't play through them centrally. So yeah. really and truly, what you have to do is get really two quick wide players and not balls over the top to them to try and make them run backwards. Yeah. Because they're not good, easy to look good against. So Newcastle aren't great. They're toothless up top because they've just got the Almiron and Joe Linton just mm. running till it hurts. Yeah. But, <laughs> but in terms of trying to play through them, that's not going to be easy for any team. I mean, I'll, I'll be interested to see how... Man City adapt to that. Yeah, I was about to say, I want to see what Pep comes up with. Yeah, yeah. because... Sorry, that, they starting. That's a, that's a problem, because that's what's, a problem. No, but what's good with City, though, is obviously they've got wide men that are able to stay wide and then come inside and do their damage. Mm. One thing that I rated about Newcastle is even when they're... Because they're so compact, they've got certain men in midfield... Because Spurs like to shoot from distance. Um, obviously, Son can shoot, Kane can shoot, Ericsson can shoot... Can shoot yeah. Lamella could shoot. So they like to get into those spaces where they, they they got space to shoot. But Newcastle kept closing those gaps every single time. So even the shots were coming in, the blocks, every time, they were forcing um, Spurs to drag their shots wide. It was, it was a good defensive performance, man. I struggled to see, or I struggled to accept that Spurs deserved to get anything out of that game. Because barring the Lucas Moura chance... And the, the penalty, which I didn't really think was a penalty anyway, um, yeah, I, I think I don't think Spurs deserved it. And if they got anything out of the game, Newcastle would have been pissed because they actually defended brilliantly and they carried a transitional threat. So good, good goal from Joe Linton. Yeah, the first touch. Let's talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? That's everyone saying that's bad. Yeah? It, it's a bad touch. It was a. It's a little baggy. It's 
It's a little baggy. I, I'll give it to him. But it's in the, it's in the, the right, right area. It's in the right strike zone. Yeah. His heart was in the right place. His heart was in the right place. <laughs> Good family man, yeah? Good family man. It was a little bit baggy, but come on. His heart was in the right place. It was going in the right direction. You can see what he was trying to do. He just had to take that extra step. Yeah. Yeah. What made what made me so sick, yeah, is that he's a, he seems like quite a languid type player, like very relaxed in just everything he does in it. But that touch, yeah, and then he strolled onto it like it was a good touch. That pissed me off. It, it angered me. But it was a good finish. But Jesus Christ, the touch. You know what? It wasn't that bad. It was not that bad because the only thing is he had to slightly overstretch in terms of his stride pattern. Yeah. But yeah. The, the, you, want it, you don't want it too close. You want it quite no. far away so you the can literally is, hit it straight away took, in two steps. If he took a cleaner touch, if he took a cleaner touch, then he may have not been able to get that shot away like that. Yeah, because Rose was very close. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All I can say that in terms of hold up, he did very well. He did very, very well. He's a terrible player, though. Yeah, he's not good at all. He's, he, not, he's, he's not getting more than five, five league goals. No, myth. Big myth. Big myth. Should have kept Mitrovic. Yeah, definitely. Now, I think he'll get 10. Like, let, let's not be... Oh, like, he, okay, let me... Let me let's, 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 he, he's getting Lacazette numbers. Let me tell you guys Boy. what he's done in the last, what, five, six seasons of his career. So, oh, it's last far, year, it's far so, he's the same boy, because that's for me your numbers as well, G. <laughs> last, <laughs> yo, yo, chill, last yo, yo, it's not 10. <laughs> last year at Hoffenheim, <laughs> down. Last year at Hoffenheim, he got 7 in 26. Nice. Uh, the season before at um, SK Rapid Vienne, he got tw- uh, 7 in 27. Uh, oh, the my season God. before that, he got... Eight in thirty-three. So this is building him, a picture. Yeah. So for him to uh, get ten, even Fahim, well, you're doing a lot. You're doing I'm a lot. Of ten. That's a I'm club record. 10, that's a club record fee for Newcastle, then, mate. How much did he? What's it? Forty. Forty m. Forty million. million. Yeah. Clinton, what? What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Forty m. Clinton almost burst. Uh, burst a blood vessel on last week's pod. Four zero. About. Yeah. Four zero. Four zero m's. You know that's mad. Yeah, that scary. is mad piece. When you're ready to ride Metro, we want you to know we're ready for you. Here are just a few of the people at Metro to tell you how we're doing our part to keep riders safe. We're cleaning like never before. We're hospital-grade cleaning. You'll find hand sanitizer stations all over the Metro. No mask, no Metro. Need one? We have a few extras. At Metro, we're doing our part to keep the D.C. area moving. Find out more at wmata.com slash doingourpart. Been trying to nice. hold this off, but yeah. our famine has to come because it's been earned. Uh, yeah, man. Manchester United, who right. wants to take the, Let's go. who wants to take the lead? Who wants it? You, you, you take the lead, man. I want to hear what you've got to say. I'm a host. I'm a host. Yeah, but I want to hear what you've got to say. You're not a United fan. Nah, tell, yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, I'm the host. Talk to me. This is this is this is a safe space. I know this is a safe space. We all come here to talk. Come on, I want to hear what you got to say. You've been listening to the pods, yeah, because that's what I say to our guests. Yeah. You guys are the guests, so I want to hear what you guys think. Um, yeah, talk to me. What did you guys think of the game? Who watched it, firstly? Uh, who watched the game? Nobody? Oh, I, caught bits of it. I caught bits of it. Um, uh, it's just another one of them. It was one of those days where I was talking to my brother, and I was like, oh, it's going to be one of those days where Pogba has to do a madness for United to get a result. That's every, that's every day, bro. Yeah, well, you know, some days Marshall turns up if he's bothered. Some days Rashford, the free kick, you know, one in one in 50 goes in. So, you know, it's just one of them ones. I'd, 
United are so poor. Like in terms of just building and sustaining pressure on a on, on a team, nothing, nothing. And I don't understand for the life of me why is Pogba your deepest midfielder? Because the guys I, we have, because the guys we have instead, they wouldn't be able to get it to Pogba, etc. If he played further forward. That's the problem. So it's kind of like you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Yeah, put in yeah. Fred or Pereira in there with McTominay and less or Matic even. Uh, yeah, the less I say about him, the better. You put those guys in there and you say Pogba takes Lingard's spot. The forwards aren't going to see the ball. So what ends up happening is what you see a lot of games is where Pogba ends up having to drop deep to collect the ball. So now we're, we're light in attack. So Solskjaer yeah. trying to preempt that and say, okay, Pogba, you play deeper. But then you have to have more quality in attack. So we don't have much quality to begin with. But from what we saw in preseason, Gomez should be starting over Lingard. And Daniel James, from what I've seen thus far, I don't, I don't really think he's it. So the problem for us mainly is that there's just a lack of quality all over the pitch. All yeah, over you the pitch. Midfielder desperately. Desperately need a midfielder. We knew this. We knew this. Hey, midfielder. You need a few midfielders. Yeah, we knew this. Like, we laugh at Herrera going, and obviously we're not going to pay Herrera £200,000 uh, a week, but you have to replace him with better than what he is. You can't come and say, oh, yeah, McTominay and Pereira are going to replace Herrera. That's not That's not going to run, man. That's mm-hmm. not going to run. Yeah, it was It was poor. Like For the first uh, half, we barely did anything. And yeah, their, game, their goal, came against, <laughs> their, their goal came, came against a run of play, but... It's how these games tend to go for us. Like you just, yeah. you've got the ball and you're just recycling it, going from side to side. You're not really producing yeah. many chances. You're kind of getting chances when like their defenders are slipping or somebody does something mad to get the pressure off them. And eventually your players are switching off because they're not having to do much. So for example, Maguire should be much closer to Lindelof just on the off chance that he doesn't win the header against Ayu, who he's got a few, a good few inches on. But yeah, we'll talk about that. Uh, yeah. Just an off chance he doesn't. But because Maguire's probably half asleep because all he's doing is bringing the ball out and trying to find sure as an outlet, he's not on his toes. And as a result of that, they score. And then you can see how the rest of the game went. We did get the penalty, which Rashford ended up missing. But when you put everything together, they probably created the better chances in the match. They had another yeah. chance in the first half where they were lining up to finish it. Uh... Zaha had a chance when it went 1-1 and then obviously yeah. the chance that, went, that they had for the goal to make it 2-1 and I don't think looking across the game we created anything as good as that and that's yeah. going to be a theme going forward this season so yeah. instead of playing Lingard because he's lively and energetic and he's a good lad from the academy you have to throw you have to, <laughs> yeah, you have to, you have to throw in the like I'd rather play Sanchez at this point like, I'd rather play Sanchez at this point as poor as he's been and obviously Inter don't want to pay 400k a week for him or even half of 400k a week, use it, man, because he, he can't be worse than Lingard. Lingard, I genuinely do not know what he does out there anymore. So he just what about what, what about Mason Greenwood? Why is he not playing? He like, came. I'm... He ca- he came off the bench. You have to remember. You, you have to remember. He's a 17-year-old coming into a man's a man's league, and he even came off and came on, and he was looking nervous, man. And you can yeah. understand, like, come on, kid, save the day for these for these big men, internationals, World Cup winners, even. <laughs> So, he, they have to ease him in. I don't want them to put all that pressure on him because as good as he is, there's something in the back of my mind saying, I can see these guys messing up this kid, man, go, going forward. So, get him mm-hmm. on because he did well in preseason. Gomez as well. But we have to look within our squad at the players who are making hundreds of thousands of pounds a week. Like, matter mm-hmm. so annoying because obviously what we're trying to do is press, press team. So, <laughs> in that regard, he can't get on the pitch. But he's another player who's creative, technical, can find passes. But I can see why Oli wouldn't use him. I can see yeah. why Oli wouldn't use him. So, uh, but you you got to bring him in, though. You have, have to. to. I think so. 
I could you need you're desperate for yeah. that creativity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are, we are. So, I, but yeah. So he'd bring him in to make the team more threatening going forward. But then what he ends up sacrificing in the other direction. At this point, I don't really care because we don't press particularly well anyway. So yeah, yeah. Let's talk about nine a.m. Let's talk about nine a.m. Man, what did you think of his what? performance? Do you know what? Was, yeah, because let's talk about him because you're talking there. I, 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 I cuss him out because I cuss him out. I've yeah. cussed him for a long time because I've seen him. Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Long, long time because. For me, when you're playing him wide, and that's where I've seen him most of the time, he's too static, he's too chill, he doesn't really do much, he doesn't really contribute to the game. Yeah. I have been so impressed with him in this stint as a nine, and for the first time I'm thinking there's a player there, there's a proper, proper player there. Like, yeah. it, it, it forces him to move where he's usually static, but he's yeah. not doing like big, long runs. It's only short little runs, and he's quite clever with his movement, and you can tell he knows where the goal is, and he can finish. Yep. The kid, and he can hold up the ball. He's got good feet. Um, he keeps it moving. He's, got he's good, good at link up. Man. He's got good attributes. He's got it, man. That kid's he's a striker. Got... That kid's a striker. And he's, he's a good one that. that. You've been saying that. That's why, bit, okay, so... that's why it's 9am. That is why it's 9am. <laughs> but, <obviously, laughs> but obviously, he needs he needs that support behind him. Who I want to touch yeah. on as well is Rashford. What do you not think of him? Boy. I think he's good, bro. He's good. He's I good. love Rashford, yeah. But bro, he's good, man. <sighs> Boy. I love Rashid, but Boy. I think that he, the fact that he's been moved around so much has hindered his development. I exactly. think that if he played as a striker, the way that he was playing, not even just the way, but him being trusted to play number nine or at least be a second striker, then I think he'd be a better player than he is now. I think he's a little bit... Yeah, so I think he's just caught in between a rock and a hard place now. Like He doesn't know... He doesn't do winger things and doesn't do complete striker things. Like, it's just, but it's a bit weird. Do you, a bit feel like he's perform- do you feel like his performances have been bad, though? No. Yeah, I, I, he just looks like... I don't, that's the thing, I don't it's think not he, weird. I think he's always in the game. Rashford's always in the game. And he's active. He's active. Yeah, yeah but it's active, it's active for the sake of being active. What's the yeah. product of it? Bear slipping over. Yeah. He clearly yeah. believes in his wave because there's not a shot that he thinks is a bad shot. <laughs> but how many of those actual how many of those actual shots are going on target or really testing the keeper? And he takes the next one again. So obviously, I know we laugh about everyone banging on about how when we when a player's like, why is he playing? They always say, Oh, he must be doing bits in training. But the other players don't look at him like, Why are you taking these shots? So obviously he's clearly doing something. Nobody's grabbing the free kicks off him when he goes up to take them. But for me, at this stage, this is what his fourth season at this level. I'm looking for him to be piecing it together a bit more now, man. A bit more. Sorry. Like, um, who do you think bags more goals if they play as a central striker? Him or Martial? Martial, easy, easy. Come, on what I've seen, boy, easy. boy. And that's so. not that's because you, <laughs> but you know you blend it because of because the reason why I had Rashford above Martial before is simply because of his intensity, his yep. willingness to move, yep. and his willingness to actually find space and actually attack the goal. Now, Martial, in the number nine, he's shown a significant improvement in his movement, his yep, willingness yep. to try and find space for shots and find angles to at least attack the goal. That's More, why, comfortably, and you need to bear in mind as well, technically as well, he's clear of him. Technically, yep. for me, Martial is clear of Rashford. So you couple all of those things together, Martial will score, outscore him. And, and he's a better finisher. He's I'll, way mm, in front definitely. of goal. From from what I've seen of United, it's it's a bit of a shame, and I feel like this is on Oli to earn his money because you've got Martial, who for me in the last couple of games that I've seen has shown a lot of quality in terms of in the box and qualities that I didn't really know he had as well, especially with the sort of cute little movements and stuff like that. Um, 
but Rashford is still a superior striker for the team outside the box in terms of the way he runs the channels, in terms of his intensity, in terms of his pressing, etc. You've got to figure out ways to play them both up top. Yeah. You've got to figure it out because you've got two kids who are good strikers. Both of them are kind of poor on the wing or something like that, but they've both got different attributes. Make it work. Make it work. That's where you earn your money. I'm saying 4-4-2, fucking have it, mate. Like, literally. (laughs) (laughs) Get it in the mixer, 4-4-2. What what else can they do? You can't have a a fake winger. It's almost like they're playing like a a 4-2-3, 4-2-2-1-1-1. It doesn't make sense. They need to have some... Like some like solid structure at least. It's weird at the minute. It's I weird. mean, you could try four four two, four two two two. You could try four four two diamond. I mean, I, he's got to try and find a way to make mm. it work. Because mm. the thing is, your strength in your team, um, you've got a pretty solid base now with Maguire, Lindelof, um, and Arwan Basaka and um, Cardi Shaw, or whatever his name is. Mm. Um, <laughs> you've got a, a, a decent, inconsistent centre midfielder in Pogba. Um, and then obviously, <laughs> let's dial that up a notch. A guy's going to run a lot, obviously. Um, and then I feel like you need to find, sort out those wide positions. Um, once you start the wide, just play to your strengths. Your strengths are Marshall, Rashford, Pogba. Make it work. Yeah. yeah we'll, I agree. We'll, we'll, we'll see. A uh, couple things I want to touch on. What did you think of uh, Lindelof for the goal, by the way? Oh, oh. my God. Oh. <laughs> He got out. He, so I think Jeffrey Slop is five eleven. Yeah, I don't know. How, maybe he's like it's his PMP in it. The athletic, like he's a the athleticism <laughs> to actually beat him bruv. because Lindelof's not a short you, and he's six quite two, big six as well. And Slop just battered him in the air, battered, and that happened more than once as well. You know, it happened yeah. more than once. Yeah. It's poor. It was yeah. so bad. And, Mag- so and Maguire, heavy. he sh- he should be closer to Lindelof for that. Sure, minute percent. For the cover, like yeah. it was bad, it was bad, and there was a massive space in behind because Maguire weren't covering. And you know, I'm a big fan oh, yeah. of that. Was poor. That was the poor thing is, that's not us. the first time um Lindelof looked bad in the air, like he was the same last season against I think Cardiff, yeah, or somewhere like he looked really bad, yeah. yeah. So, but we need to talk about DDG though, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that's um, become, that I'm, near post, you know? I'm done no, with him. That's that's where I am, boys. So obviously he's been talking. Mariah, Mariah, tell us how you really feel. You guys know how I really feel. Man. I don't hold back ever. So obviously he had a poor season last season. Everyone was like, uh, like he doesn't want to be here anymore, etc., etc. And now we're talking about giving a goalkeeper three fifty k a week, and oh, now nah, that oh. can't run. That can't run. Like I've heard that you that's at Sheffield United. Uh, Dean Henderson's pretty decent. Get him in. Like get whatever you can get, whatever you can get for De Gea, take it because at this point, you don't want to be here no more, man. He doesn't want to be here anymore. My thing is, who's gonna buy him? That's what I'm, I'm worried about. Because on this market, I'm looking to get around fifty at least, at least for him. Um, for with a year left. Yeah, boy. All right, cool. I'm looking to get around twenty for him. So yeah, yeah we'll. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> So, yeah, but he can't stay on, on those prices. It's, it's not worth it for him. It's not worth it for us either. So I want to I wanna see him I wanna see him move on, man. Because that, that, hap- that is happening too often now. Where Let me get the syringe make, out of my bag. Yeah, where he's, <laughs> he's making errors that are leading to goals. And he made a couple of decent saves during the game. But it's like, yeah, apart, yeah that was a, I thought when we scored, I thought, you know what? We might, we're going to snatch this again. And it's going to paper over another poor performance. And Oli's going to yeah. be like, you know, I love the boys, the passion, etc., etc. And the guy that snatched that from me, that hurt. 
That one really hurt. <laughs> I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna lie to you, lot, man. And I think that's what three wins out of our last fifteen games. Yep. Yeah, that's, boy, that's that's terrible. relegation for mate. That's relegation. <laughs> that's relegation for. The thing is, it's got to a point where United fans can't defend a hair. They just can't. Like it's, it's got. He keeps many, doing it. Yeah, yeah, it's too many. Like they want us, they want us to like rate him off what he was doing a couple of seasons ago, and it's like, but, yeah, but, yeah. Go on. But why, why the drop off? Like I, I, I can't figure it out. It's not like he's old. Is I, he just not bothered? Is yeah, he just I, like, think, yeah. I think for being a keeper, mentality is probably the most important thing. Apart from obviously your technical attributes, but I think just your mentality, your sharpness, your do- domination of your area and your near post, etc., etc. And he's just not there anymore, man. It's just like, I don't know if you've ever played, like, for any game with your mates. Like, when you're playing another team that's clearly better and you're getting pammed and you do your shifting goal, let that thing go in, man. Like, we, I, ain't getting, <laughs> I ain't getting licked for you lot. You're getting popped anyway, man. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, if I'm do- yeah, yeah. So, I, I, I feel I feel this pain, man. Uh, what did you not think about Daniel James' celebration? Oh, I was right. just about to ask oh, you, Mariah. No, what do you want to say? Marshall's face. He wanted Marshall, to kill him. Yeah. Bro, Marshall's like, what the fuck are you on, bro? Yeah, Listen, it was the most surreal celebration ever of Marshall's an equaliser. Do you know what? Yeah. I'm going to say something, though. It was a bad boy goal, though. It was uh, a bad boy goal, but Marshall's bad boy goal. Was nice. It was nice. Yeah, <laughs> it was a bad boy goal, but he needs to recognise. There's a, a time and place for that sort of stuff. Know who you are. B... Know what you where you're doing this. You're Who you like, play for? Just one one. Know the, cir- the circumstances you're doing this in. No Bruh, awareness. No one, awareness. One. You just got an equalizer. They've still got five ten minutes to get. Well, five <laughs> minutes to win the game. Man's happy to be here. He's just happy for yeah, it. Yeah, he knows. He knows the truth, innit? He knows this ain't his level. <laughs> so obviously, you have to take that moment and you have to do. I, I, I was gassed. I was like, hold on, we're not winning. And you can see Marshall. He's, he's cut from a different cloth, man. The disgust. <laughs> The raw, <laughs> the raw disgust, like I don't a even, big man. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> he grabbed him, like come over here. And like, okay, fuck, fair and fair enough. In the moment, you know that happens. You get gas, Man United. You get an equaliser. Man, then was posting it all over his socials. That oh, means, he thing. didn't even. That means he didn't even step back and think. You know what? We didn't even. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. We all over his socials, bro. Like he, he even, posted the goal on his Instagram. His celebration, the uh, Mbappe, all over his <laughs> socials. So, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know what? He, he knows it might be only one of a few in it because he's gone next season. You know what? It's like it's like make a wish, isn't it? Like Man U like decided to donate. <laughs> he knows he's he's on loan to Sheffield Wednesday next season, so yeah, Bro, he, he's making leave. the most of it you've under got, the lights. You've got to live it up. So yeah, it's gonna be a tough season for us. I think we are comfortably the worst team of the top six, to be honest with you. Like when I look no. at, I think we are. I think when I look at the other teams, there's there's more quality. There's more goals in them. And I think that, and they have, we have the worst manager as well. So, right, I swear, you, I don't see you like, getting sixty points. Hold on, you you think you got more goals than us? No, I said. That wait, I, was, that, that, wait, I don't know about that. You know, I said I think we've got the least goals. What you said? Then, yeah, then Tammy and them. Yeah, I think you've got more than us still. Boy. I think you got more goals. Bro, they got Tammy and Giroud up top. Fifteen for fifteen for Mark. Okay, let's say eighteen for Marshall if he does what Elijah predicts. Uh, t- Eleven, twelve for Rashford. That's thirty, bro. Football chipping with his five. Lingard ain't scored a goal in like half a year now. Uh, Daniel James has already got two, so I imagine him to get another two across the rest of the season. You're not talking about... Boy. 
So what are we saying? Giroud what? Giroud, Tammy. Yeah, Giroud 10. Tammy 8. Now, Tammy's already got two, so let's give him a 10 as well. So, yeah, after six. All right, let's give him 10. 20. Yeah. Missy 8 is non existent. Mitchie's not going to play, so it'll probably be like a 5 or a 5. 5, yeah. So, boy. Pedro's getting what? 8? Pedro will get around 10. Yeah, Pedro will get 10. Okay. Mount will get 10. Mount will get 10. Boy, Ruben. Mount will get 10. Mount will get 10. Yeah, I think he's getting 10. Mount's getting 10. Mount's yeah, getting Mount's going to bag. He's got that about Hudson, him. Hudson Odoi probably get 10, maybe. What? When's wow. he coming back? Oh, my God. And then, yeah. Hudson Odoi is back in middle of September. He's getting He's seven ready. goals. He's getting seven goals, Chief. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be tight. Two ugly attacks, boy. But I think mm. for us, when I put everything together, we're probably the worst of, of the bunch, man. So I'm not. I'm expecting more sad make United great again pods. Yeah. And just more, more banter every time we, put, we line up. This is the first time in a very long time I've actually felt we might have oh. United. Not now, not now. <laughs> when everybody comes back. When everyone gets comes back, when we get into stride, I thought we'd be better than United. Yeah, first I, time in I like I like God the knows how long. I like the signings you've made, man. Now let's uh, just switch over to the other side of the city, um, <coughs> the irrepressible <coughs> Manchester City. Um, <laughs> Uh, Bournemouth, yeah, Bournemouth are obviously the best of opposition, but it's just the beauty in their game, man. Um, yeah. What did you think, Fahi? Because obviously that's who, who you've got to topple to win the league. What did you think of their performance? I mean, they, they did what they always do. They 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 get the win. They do what they need to do and score their three goals, and then that's it. Like, I've I've got to the point where I can't even be bothered to analyze Man City because, like, you know what's going to happen at the end of the day. Like, they're going to win somehow. Bournemouth, they had their chances. Um, Callum Wilson had a chance to make it 2-2 at one point that's where the game could have changed the moment he missed out I was like oh that's it game's done Man City will score another and that's it the game's done so yeah like I'm just sick of watching Man City win these games man it's doing my nothing <laughs> I'm at the end of my tether like Bournemouth had the chance to equalise make it 2-2 and they couldn't do it and then Man City scored within 10 minutes and that's it it's, it, like, it's sickening it's the finest margins man Honestly, like it is fine margins, but Man City they've got the quality. Like they have got the quality. I can't I can't criticize them about anything. Like Yeah. Who watched the game though? Who watched the game today? I watched it. I did. I did. What what um, did you I mean, me what did you make specifically of um Gundogan uh, and then yeah. when Rodri came on? Yeah. Oh, there's a different level of control, bro. Massive different. Different massive level of control like ah uh, we uh, so before the game we just touched on it. We like, wait. So Rodri's sitting down for Gundo. Like yeah, uh, I was thinking, what? I was baffed, but at the same time, I think Pep just wanted to see the. I think Pep, you know, the guy loves experimenting, isn't it? I think he just wanted to see the levels because I couldn't believe what I was seeing. The way that, the way that Bournemouth were transitioning on Man City, mm. space, getting shots off, creating chances from the first minute. I was thinking, what the fuck is going on? It was hell to skelter, wasn't it? It was meant. And the moment Rodri came on. He just settled everything down. He's like, boom, my pitch. Ah, he's, uh, he's a controller. Ro- Rodri's a dominator. He's a yeah, player. Man. He's a controller, man. He's a player. And the thing is, when it's Gundogan, he can get dribble pass. It's, like, it's another situation where, like, Jorginho, for example. He gets, these players can get dribble pass, but Rodri is actually a good... Def- like, he's defensively a good player. Uh, he's a big unit as well. Uh, he's strong. So no, he's, he's 6'3". Like, yeah, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a bit he's of a, a unit. unit. Yeah, he's a unit still. So, you know, and obviously good with his feet, technically good. Um, so, yeah, the level of control was so different. Um, obviously, the goals, yeah, what can you say, bro? First goal was unbelievable. Uh, unbelievable. But then again, I thought, I didn't think 
De Bruyne made that assist. I think he tried to clap it and it just fell to um, Guerrero. But I think the bit before that is brilliant. Just typical City. And, and it was all on the left foot as well. If you watch yeah. it back, like five players, they all like dealt That's with it on their left foot. It's beautifully done. Unbelievable. And then obviously Sterling comes in. Like, that, you, bro, he's, that guy's on a different planet bro. at the moment. He's, he's so for me. Yeah, he's active, bro, man. And what I mean, like, he's a consistent threat. A cons- you know you've got those wild players that drift in and out of the game. Like, the U is always active. Like, he- it's almost like he's becoming like a... I don't want to say Mane, but... I, I was about to I say I want to say it. Like, I you know what I mean? Like, I- because Mane, I think, for me, that he- he is top, yeah? I mm-hmm. think Sterling is getting to that same stage of his career where... He knows that anytime he steps on the pitch, he will make a difference. And he's now he's just aggressive all the time. Oh, up against yes, his... even not even like even outside of yeah, you're playing for City. Like, even outside. within himself, like just yeah. his, his confidence in his game, his sharpness of his movement, his decision making, it's all there, man. It's all all there. And talking about that confidence, like, I don't know if you guys saw his tweet today. So he tweeted about the game, and then like people were commenting like, "Oh, I had you as like FPL captain," and he was like, "Oh, sorry guys, I didn't score a hat trick this week. I'll try to score next week." Yeah. Like that confidence <laughs> there, like he's proper on it. Trust yeah, me, man. man. You see, and he, I think he seems like he's grown as a, just as a man. He's moved away from being like a young boy, and you know Pep's little project. I, I think he feels more as, as a man now. Certainly now, that can be relied upon at Manchester City. He's one of the guys, isn't it? He's one of the yeah, guys. man. And he knows he's one of the guys, and I, I love it. I love it. The energy that he's coming with every game is unbelievable. I love that shit, man. So yeah, big. And what do you make of Walker's performances? Because for me, this season he's been superb. Well, well, I think he's going to be in trouble, you know. I think but, he, he, but the thing is, he responded so well to the Cancelo signing. He's yeah. been superb. Yeah, he's, you can't drop him at the moment. Uh, so I thought, yeah, honestly, I thought that after last season, I thought, yeah, Pep knows he needs to get a right back ASAP because Walker was looking a little bit funny in Should some games. Yeah. And um, but you're right. I think he's definitely coming to the season war ready. And ready for the challenge. And you like that's how you know these certain players. I think under Pep, a lot of players they either sink or swim in it. And mm. Walker is one of those players that I think he's adopted an elite mentality under Pep. So obviously, I think a Walker at Spurs, basically, he could have seen that sign and be like, all right, you know what, fuck this, I'm off. But at City, he thought, you know what, fuck this. All right, I'm gonna show levels. I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I'm going to show you that I can still be a right back. Regardless if you spent £63 million on Cancelo, I'm going to show you mm. that. My guy. Um, I'm your guy. And yeah, man. But I still think long term, I still think long term, Cancelo is... Might get ahead of him because I think Cancelo is awesome. Like, he will long term, but he hasn't had enough time to juice and use yeah. the testosterone and that. Half their players going bold in their 20s. But where yeah. else? where else, where else would you be one of the top, top players in your position? And your board is sanctioning a, a big bid for another player to play in your position, man. Pep's living it. He's living it large, man. Like I'm looking, he is, he is. I'm lo- looking at the top scorers, top assisters. You've got Raheem on five. You've got Pookie, who we'll touch on in a second, Meads. Ashley yeah. Barnes, good on him. He's got four. Aguero, four. Good player. Um, Brexit got, hero. Yeah. Uh, Salah's there as well. Fahi repping Liverpool. And then De Bruyne, top of the assist charts. Four assists. So, uh, they're coming through. you know who I'm feeling sorry for? Mares. Yep. Yeah, Criminal. Mares. Criminal. It's peak for him. It's peak for him because he had the game of his life like two weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. He was the best of bitch. Do you know what you get? Two bench appearances, mate. Have that. Feed your family. But the thing is, like, 
you can't play. Bernardo's too important to them to drop him. I'd nah, so- man. I, I, if I was, I mean, Bernardo really need to. Bernardo's got to go central. central man. Bring Mares in, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, but yeah, you have to. You have to give your boy the swan song, innit? I think you have to give David Silva his games, innit? This is his final season. You have to give him games, and he's so good that it's not like you're putting him in and it's a detriment to your team. He is so today. He was top class. Right, Bernardo, yeah. but I know Bernardo's Pep- comfortably better than him, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is he is. But the reason Pep does it is because Mares is not as industrious as Bernardo going backwards. And he'll miss he'll miss the odd run. Like he, he, you can see it a lot of the time. Like he won't do something. Pep is fuming on the side. It's right? like it's like I give you a chance, and this is how you pay me. This but, like, he's livid. He's livid. <laughs> so yeah, he's livid. So like today, the thing is with Mares though. I think that he when he starts games, he's a lot better than he and is when, when he comes on. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he comes to the bench, I think that he feels like he needs to prove himself so much. He does the maddest stuff. He'll try to dribble past 10 players. He'll try to cut in and shoot when he doesn't need to. He could just slide someone in. He'll do that because he thinks, Pep, you need to see that I'm, I'm off the level. and l- Let me play. But when you do that and you're not doing the right things, the thing that Pep wants, you're, you're in trouble. Like, you're just, you're not, you're not going to start again. Um, but yeah, I do feel sorry for him. I think he, this season he stepped up because I think there's a lot of questions of whether he is actually of City's class. Um, I think he's stepping to that level now. But again, if he comes on as a sub, he just reverts back to questionable Morris. But he's starting for everybody other than Chelsea. I mean, other than Liverpool, sorry. In this league. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Easy, easy. He's certified, man. What were you going to say? The only, thing I was, no, the only thing I was going to say is this Man City team is, in my opinion, over this, this period or this like three years or whatever, is the best team I've seen in the Premier League by far. Comfy. In my opinion, Comfy. in terms of football, Comfy. yeah. But I am worried about this season because obviously no one wants Liverpool to win the league. No <laughs> one wants Liverpool. No one wants that to happen. But if they lose Laporte to an injury, I'm worried. Yeah. Otamendi, I'm worried. useless, bro. Well, what do you guys think of Otamendi? Because I, I still don't understand how he gets into the team. I, I think, like him. I think he's awful. I, think, I like him, but he's rash and he's a bit I, mad. I think he's awful, and I think it's not because he, I think he can defend. Yeah, but again. I think he's one of those players, yeah, that one, he's quite short. So as much as he's short, he can still dominate. He do- he's a dominant guy in the air, but he makes too many rash challenges, too many, and makes just general rash mistakes. And just, <sighs> he's a weird one. He can have an excellent game, an amazing okay. game, but then yeah. he can have three or four stinkers in a row. And All it's right. just, I do- I, and I, for me, I'm not even a City fan, but the fact that I don't want Liverpool to win the title, Yep, it makes me feel nervous when boy, I see him. Boy. What do you not think? Like, of, what do you not think of John Stones? I, I like Stones, but he, he again he's got a mistake in him, and sometimes I feel like he switches off a little bit. So he he's a little bit worrying at times. But they've only got three centre backs, haven't they? They've got Laporte, yep. Osimendi, and Stones. Mm. So Laporte play. injury, and then Walker as well. Walker can play centre back. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. So. Alright, uh, like Leroy, I need to answer a question. So you were getting on to David Louise a little bit earlier. Yeah. Saying it's rubbish. Saying it's shit. Saying yeah. it's rubbish. And just now, oops, sorry for the noise. Yeah. Um, you were just saying just now you, you like John Stones. I, I just Yeah, so Stones is gonna make a mistake, but his mistake is gonna be one every six games. Mr. Louise makes one or two mistakes that can be critical errors that a new misses every single game. Yeah, man. This is different, different, it's, it's a different level. This is a different level. No, but, but we're two games in and he's got four already, so I'll count. <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm telling you, he's going to be on 15. I'm telling you that now. 
Oh Boy, scary, God. scary. The, the numbers are back. Louise is scary, man. The numbers scary are back you, in my pyramids. But uh, I don't want you to feel left out. And obviously, Lampsy finally gets his win. Uh, oh, man. Away, away at Norwich. Uh, what did you make yeah, of the performance? Um, first half, uh, it was a bit of a haphazard game. I didn't like it. Um, we had no real element of control. Norwich are very, very good football and good football inside. They're very, very good. Um, I think a lot of teams are going to go to Carroll Road and find problems because uh, they can play. They've got a fantastic striker as well. Pookie is proper. I don't think, I think technically he's good. Got good hold up, good link up. And yeah, I, I like him a lot. I can't lie. I like him a lot. Um, they've got Cat Cranwell. Cranwell. Good player. Um, Don't talk about my boy. Technically, another United very, very nice player. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, the midfield, our midfield for me is a very, very... When we have got no Kante, oh, we're in deep, deep trouble, you know. Do you know the amount of times that... And I said it last week, it's like I keep repeating myself, where you get a one-two and they're onto our defence. Like, they get... It's, Jorginho is by himself all the time. So, a 1-2 beats him, and then they're in your defence. And it happened every single time in the first half. In the oh, second yeah. half, in the second half, we controlled it a, lot, a little bit better, um, because I think that Kovacic was a lot closer to Jorginho. And as a result, there was less space for Norwich to operate in. But, yeah, man, it was just a, it was a weird game. It was a weird game. I think we had moments of quality, um, Chelsea's attacking build-up is generally quite good, um, and I think we made it count this time. But I, I, I still, I'm still quite worried defensively. I think Aspilicueta, yeah, I, I think he's done, man. But he played relatively well, despite the fact I think he's finished. I think he played that was the best game, and probably say in a, in a year. Um, yeah, that midfield area, was, yeah, we got dominated. I don't, I don't like the fact that there was periods of domination from Norwich. And we're a top six side. It just doesn't feel right to me. Um, but yeah, let's talk about the goals for a minute. Tammy Abraham, his first goal. Beautiful excellent, goal. Excellent goal. Um, to control it. Yeah, man, to control it. Um, to control the shot on that volley. And you under pressure as well. Brilliant. He came around onto it and just stroked it. Bottom corner. Great finish. And then Mason Mount, Mountie, as we call him. Fantastic. So when you goal. say we, who's that? You and Dan. Yeah? That's, that's me. That's me. Okay. But, um, no. <laughs> it was a fantastic goal. So Pulisic, she did a, I think, just a little dribble and a pass into into Mount. Mount comes in off the the left hand side, and before the game, I think Mount wasn't supposed to start the game. Um, I think no, Mount was supposed to start the game. Barkley wasn't, but Barkley came in for Pedro. Pedro got injured in the warm up. Um, and Mount played off the left. And I, that's where, we, on, on Chelsea Hour, we've been saying that Mount should play on the left because if you play him in the number 10, our midfield's generally going to be exposed. Um, so, because our midfield's already quite weak anyway. So if you play him as a 10, we can just get eaten in midfield. But yeah, he came in off the left, banged it. He's just, he's got a, I think he's got a very, very good shot and technically clean. Like, yep. he's shooting, he's striking is so clean and pure. Um, bad boy goal. And yeah, but they came back in again. Every time we scored, they seemed to drag us back in. Uh, Pookie scored a great... Cranwell scored a great goal. Great team goal. And then um, Pookie, I think for me, Zuma mistake as well as um, a Kepa mistake. Mm. And then mm. we'll talk about the second half and it's uh, Tammy. 
Um, nice little through ball from Kovacic and the first touch. We only talk about Harry Kane and him setting up him, him shots, his shots with his first touch. I think um, Tammy Abraham, that first touch to get out of his feet and kill the defender was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And then the second night, shoulder drop to kill... What was his name? I forgot his name. The defender, the centre-back. Godfrey was excellent again, um, blocking everything. Um, yeah, but the second thing to just send him and then banged it, yeah, it was a quality goal, man. So credit to Tammy, credit to Tammy. And obviously, I'm not his biggest fan, but it was a brilliant goal. Brilliant. He took his goals brilliantly. He did some decent hold up, some decent link up. So I can't, I can't fault his performance too he much. He had a good game. He had a good yeah. game. What do you good. think that's going to do for his confidence? Um, I'm hoping that it will allow him to take more shots um, because before that game, he only had one shot um, in a game and a half in the Premier League. One. That's not good enough for me. Um, you you need to have you need to have a striker that your teams fear and yeah. your teams defenses will have problems against. I think Tammy will give you a lot of endeavour, hard work. Obviously, he's a grafter, he's a good guy, good you comes from good home. Um, <laughs> but in terms of in terms of actual threat and threat, I, I think he's a good goal scorer. But I think he needs to take more shots to become threatening. When you say good goal scorer, can you elaborate, please? So I think that if he, I think he'll be able to get a lot of chances and get those scrappy, like those those quick five yard movements in the box to get a chance and score, like hit the target, work the keeper and score or score. But he needs to just take more shots and I guess be a little bit more individualistic and take the, um, I guess take the initiative. In certain things, because um, I, I don't think he does it enough. I think he can be quite passive, even though he has the the minerals to be slightly more aggressive. Did you get what I mean? Yeah, I see him as probably a, a Lukaku Jr., where he'll <laughs> bad goals against the lower half teams. Yeah, and he'll he'll struggle against the, uh, the more difficult teams. So we'll see how it's going to go for you. Like, obviously, you've still got quite again, just like Arsenal, you've got a few players who would probably be starting for you who are either in and out of the team or they're not quite back yet. So yeah. I'm, I'm intrigued. I think you've got a decent decent thing going on over there, to be honest with you. And I, I agree. Think, yeah, I think I've got... got decent players. I think we've got decent players and I think that obviously Lampard actually has a style of play and an identity. Um, the way that we actually build play, you can see that that's worked on. And it's not a thing where you just throw it all together. I think over at uh, United, for example, I think that I'm comparing United and Chelsea because we're like I think we're at a similar stage yeah, as a club right fair. now. Yeah. Um, but I think that you can see more of an identity at Chelsea and what we want to do, where we're trying to go, um, than you can at United, and that's quite worrying. Um, considering that Lampard's only been here three months or if max, and Solskjaer's been around six, seven months. So if maybe even more. So it's not really it's quite damning on Manchester United and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, if I'm if I were to to say basically. Can, can I ask think, a question? Um so uh, a lot of people last week were saying that um Lampard is basically reap um getting the rewards from what Sari taught the team last year. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think he, um, he is reaping the rewards? Um yes and no it's a bit of a weird one I don't think that I think it's a bit I think it's a bit strange to attribute so much of the way we play to sorry because I think we play slightly differently um, I do think that there are basic principles in terms of the players being just more comfortable on the ball 
and they trust themselves with the ball because under Sarri, they pretty much were doing similar things. However, I think the way we played is very, very different. I think under Sarri, we were quite rigid in our build-up. Everything had to go through Jorginho. Everything had to go through the midfield. Yeah. And it was just very, very stale. And also, there, was not a, there wasn't a level of intensity in our play last season. It was all quite slow until, for example, Ruben will come in and then eject a bit of pace through our midfield and then we create a, a passage for Hazard to, to, to do Hazard stuff. Whereas now, I think that we actually have different patterns of play in different areas of the pitch that enable us to either beat a press and then go directly at our opponents. I think, obviously, as, as well, also, we're pressing more intensively than we did under Sari. So I think there are some fundamentals that are still there from last season, but I think it's different at the same time. So I think more credit should be given to Lampard than things being done. I don't think he's reaping so much of a reward, but I still think that there are some elements that he's getting a benefit out of it. Okay. What I was going to ask Meads, actually, there was some, like, I'm not sure, I think it's in our group chat, the debate about Mount, because me personally, when people are saying that Mount's not it, I personally thought, nah, I can see that there's a player in Mount, and personally, I feel like he could definitely be a, a, a starter for Chelsea, like, long-term, because I think he's got the technical ability, he's got the energy, yeah. Like he can run and press. Um, he's quick enough, at least off the mark. Good, uh, both feet, fantastic. And he's got goals in him. He's got a lot of attributes which he can, I think he can contribute to the first team. He's only twenty years old. What do you think in terms of his long term prospects? Because you weren't massively hot on him, were you? You yeah. weren't saying he could go top level, like exactly. So my thing with Mount, I've always had him as a, a, a small tier below the the Hudson Odoi's, um, the Rubens, like though that level. I do think that he's got more than enough to be a Chelsea player. It's, it's undeniable. I think he's got the tech. He's got the temperament. Obviously, he can finish. He's got great striking ability. He's, he's just a, a grounded and very cultured footballer. Yeah. But squad or start? I think what people, when people try and say he's not it, I find that quite strange because I don't think there's, he's displayed anything for you to doubt him. Because yeah. I think that every time he's actually played, or every time you kind of see him play, you could kind of see a player that is very comfortable in any environment. Um, just like a, a, a testament to that is him playing on the left wing against Liverpool and playing very, very well. Um, again, yesterday he played very well on the left hand side of, of uh, on on the wing, and and that's not his natural position, but he was there comfortable, and he was probably one of our best players. Um, so I I find it. I think it's just another one of those cases where he's a young English player that you don't want to overhype. But I think he's one of those players that if you continue to try and suppress how good he is, it will only just make him stronger. He just, especially bearing in mind that his mentor is Lampard. And Lampard, throughout his career, when he was younger, he was doubted a lot. So all of that kind of stuff will only fuel or give him more fuel to... Um, try and succeed I don't doubt him I think he's got he's got a lot of quality I think people a lot of the time people try and compare him to Madison they're yeah. different players I think they're very very different players um, and they both could bring a lot to England so it's just one of them ones I think it's just comparisons between the two right let's let, let's say five years time do you think he'll be starting for Chelsea as a starter bona fide starter I think so. I think yeah. I, I, I think so. If, I, if he's not starting, I think he'll be in and around the squad consistently. So he might not start every game, but he'll start a bulk of the games, if you get what I mean. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I see that. I see that. I see that for 
Hudson, Ruben, Mount. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those those are ones that I could see. But would I put him on their level in terms of talent? No. But then again, sometimes talent doesn't necessarily get you to the to, to, to right to the top. You know, opportunity. Opportunity exactly. is the most important thing, man. Exactly, and he's getting the opportunities. He's getting opportunities, and fair play to him. And he's taking them. He's taking them. Like you can't, you can't ask for more from Mount. To be really and truly, other than to improve and try and improve, but he's doing fantastically. But what the opportunities get being given, he's doing fantastically. So you can't take it away from him. Cool, cool. I want to just touch on the other Prem games. I know you guys probably touched on one or two of them across the weekend. Uh, West Ham beating Watford three-one away from home. Kit man. I respect it. Haller's looking decent as well, you know. He's looking decent. He's got good movement. And he's, he's quite big-ish. And he, uh, he's one of those strikers that make technically it. as well. Yeah, he's looking like he's he's made for the Prem. He's one of those guys. And I think West Ham have been crying out for a decent striker like that. And he's confident as well. Yeah, man. So, yeah, I think that's a that's a good buy. What, they spend 40 million on him? Yeah, again, that kind of Bro, region. Four years for him. And then you look at Joe Hinton. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um... I, yeah, word. Uh, and then on the other hand, you got Watford, who three losses to start the season. They were a team that uh, did well last season. Uh, are they just, you know, a little bit of rust going into the season, or should they be kind of maybe looking over their shoulders? I think they're kind of rattled since the um, FA Cup final. To be honest, like <laughs> you say, honestly, Tepper them hit like, them hit them so hard. It's coming to the next season. Bro, like, honestly, I, I feel like it's hitting that hard, man. To the point, Dini's now out. Like, he's even like, you know what, yeah? I, I need to recover. <laughs> I can't deal with this. Um, Yeah, it's a bit worrying the way they've been playing so far, but they are a decent team. They've got decent players. I think beginning of the season, all right, they've got no points out of three. They'll be all right because their home form usually is quite decent. So as long as they nick about eight wins from home, they'll be safe. Um, I don't really think they need to worry about too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've lost. They've conceded three at home to Brighton, and three yeah. at home to West Ham. This is it's a sticky start to the season. Uh, it's peak, peak. When you're ready to ride Metro, we want you to know we're ready for you. Here are just a few of the people at Metro to tell you how we're doing our part to keep riders safe. We're cleaning like never before. We're hospital grade clean. You'll find hand sanitizer stations all over the Metro. No mask. No Metro. Need one? We have a few extras. At Metro, we're doing our part to keep the D.C. area moving. Find out more at wmata.com slash doing our part. Yeah, how about uh, Leicester? I know they're hipster favourites in, in a sense. They've got a lot of nice, techie young players. They've got Mr. PMP himself up front in Jamie Vardy. Fucking uh, boy. Yeah, My boy. 2-1 <laughs> away from home at uh, Sheffield United. Um uh, how are they looking to you guys? Obviously, they played you guys a week before, and well, my money probably should have won that game. So they yeah, look like they're in some decent form. They're good, man. Let's look a good team. Brennan Rodgers, he creates very good attacking teams, um, and they've got that defender. I don't have to say his name, but he's so a you. Sayunch, yeah, brilliant. So brilliant. You, yeah. Um, but yeah, Vardy again. Oh, you see, you see Madison's assist. Oh, Oi. Yeah. Oh, ridiculous. That was, <laughs> that was ridiculous, man. Instant. Just an instant pass outside of the boot. Bang. Have that, Vardy. Have it. Feed your fam. But Vardy's finish was nuts, though. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know that's, that's typical Vardy, you know. Leng it. He's putting together quite the career, man. Yeah, man. Honestly, I, I think with Vardy and Madison, they've got... It's almost like when they had Mahrez and Vardy. 
Like they've got that instant connection. Players, yeah. And they're very good players, man. So I think they're gonna give again top six teams a, a very good day out. Like a lot of the time they're gonna be causing you problems. I think Chelsea, we were lucky to get a win. I mean a draw against them. Lucky because we should have lost that game. Made a percent. I Man, think it turns it on, it's it's peak. And he gets space, it's peak. Yeah. For, for me, um, I'd like to, I mean, I know it was against Chelsea. I thought Rogers went a bit negative because he had he has his three in the middle and he played both Ndidi and Chowdhury. Maybe that's because it was against Chelsea and just showing you a lot of respect. But this game, obviously, he um, uh, brought in Madison next to um, Tillemans, yeah. which, which I like to see. And they've got Pret as well. So there's a lot of technical quality in that um in that in that team, especially in midfield. Um, Vardy's a potent goal scorer who's proved it. Um, they've got Jose Perez, he hasn't really hit the ground running, but another player I think is good. I think if they'd have got Tovan, they'd have been a problem. They'd have been a proper problem. But um, I feel like, from what I've seen out of the, out of rest, the rest of the pack, they're probably the best, um, even better than Everton from what I've seen so far. So, I think they'll probably finish seventh and they'll be the that seventh club, the Everton Cup, they call it. <laughs> Winners of the Everton Cup. Word, word, word. And then we had we had uh, Wolves Wolves today, 1-1 draw at home with Burnley, but obviously they played on Thursday and they beat Torino away from home. So, they did. you know, they're, they're, they're doing their thing again, stuttering along, probably end up around that kind of seventh, eighth, ninth area again, man. I'm, I'm feeling the Premier this season, man. I'm feeling it. Every team's got, bar probably Burnley, uh, every team's got like one or two players that you can tune in just to watch them. So even yep. if it's like not the whole game that you want to see, but you want to do a bit of scouting, nah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this season, man. I hope that's going to be a, it's going to be a tough league as well because like no one's who, Liverpool won three games. No one else has uh, won uh, three games. Only yeah. three teams have won two games or more. Yeah, like mad. that's mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the promoted teams don't look too shabby either, man. Uh, they the, look good, man. The promoted look teams good. don't look too shabby either. Uh, I don't want this to be a theme throughout the season, but I'm going to touch on it one more time just because since the, the first pod we had uh, for the season uh, opener, um, it's been in the news like every single game. VAR. Obviously, we were all big fans of it. Um, it's been implemented in a kind of weird way thus far. Uh, would you would you like to think of it? Is it changing your opinions on it? I'm, all right, I'm not happy with the way it's being used, but I get what they're doing now. Okay. So it's literally a case of if it's not a like a guaranteed foul or a guaranteed incident, they're not gonna say you know they're not gonna overturn a decision or something. Whereas you know like if it's like fifty fifty and it's down to interpretation of the person, they're not like. They're gonna basically say no, like no to VAR. So I'm kind of getting it now. I I initially thought it was gonna be a case of you know what, if it's a bit more debatable and it's like they're not really 100% certain that it's not a foul, then they're gonna give a foul. But it's more a case of they need to be 100% certain it is a foul and then they'll give it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. What <laughs> yes. You, I know what you mean. So I'm I'm kind of getting on board with it. I'm kind of getting it now. Um, I still think today, like the Spurs game, I think it was a penalty. But if yeah. it was debatable, then you know they're not going to give it. So it's it's, it's weird. Like, yeah. the, the, these stamps, the stamps on foot, yeah. People, this is this keeps happening. I think it happened um, when it happened. So Aguero was it Aguero or was it Silva? Silva should have had a penalty today, million percent. Um, Rashford should have had a penalty yesterday. Should have had a penalty. Um, Aspi should have had a penalty yesterday as well. Mm. So again, yeah. Like, kick to the knee 
I don't get it. I don't understand those ones. Those ones are the ones where that's a clear error. Those yeah. are clear actual errors, yeah. and they're just yeah. not being corrected. It's weird. I find it strange. That yeah. is strange. <laughs> Me, personally, uh, I, I don't really like the way it's being implemented. And the thing is, I feel like it's an impossible task because you're always going to have a degree of subjectivity. And with the VAR thing, it will start off with what we say uh, matters of fact, then it will go to clear and obvious things, and it yeah. will just people will clamour for it more and more. I really feel like they should have used an appeal system. I feel like each team should have had three appeals like they do in tennis. So mm. you have to say, submit to the, to the referee. So, well, you just say to the fourth official, I want that checked on VAR and I want it checked for this infringement. And then it goes, yes or no, boom. If you, if you uh, are successful, you keep your appeal and they change the decision. If not, you lose your appeal. Maybe that, if it's not even three, real... if it's one or two. And would that be in real time or is it kind of like... That'd okay. be in real time. That'd so, be in real time. So... so you go to the fourth official, it's not going to be anything to do with the referee on the pitch. Yeah. Mm, and and they, they do it relatively quickly. They do it relatively yeah. quickly. So it won't, it, it, will take, it won't take any more time than the VR is now. They're going to be checking every decision anyway. But then it's up to you whether you're paying or not. Because the problem is, you're still not going to get rid of the subjectivity. So there's still yeah. going to be arguments. Yeah, right. and, 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 and it is kind of ruining a little bit of the spirit of the game. And I'm not trying to be a bit Brexit here. But, <laughs> but well, you're, like, you're succeeding. Like, you can't, yeah, you, you can't celebrate. So you celebrate and then everyone's got this tense weight. And then the goal's chalked off, or the goal's... It's, it's, it's a bit annoying, like, that. the whole point of football is, like, as a fan, the goal goes in that euphoric feeling, like, that. yes, we, the team scored a goal, you go mad. But then you're now going mad with the back of your head, thinking, is that going to be chalked off for something ridiculous that no, no one has seen at mm. all? So... Leroy ain't uh, happy, mate. I ain't happy, mate. I, I ain't really feeling it. It's just taking away my, my precious game, like... <laughs> There's one thing to switch. So I was at the Liverpool game yesterday and like there was an incident where they were looking at VAR for a red card. And it's like, we're in the stadium. We have no idea what's going on. They're looking at a red card that didn't even happen on the ball. Like you have no idea what's happening. And they spent two minutes looking at this incident. So it's probably and weirder for um, the fans who are yeah, in the, in yeah. the stadium. Yeah, so yeah. Exactly. It's really odd for like a live spectator. Like they, ha you don't have a clue what they're on about. Like mm. so, it kind of does ruin the game in that sense. Um, yeah, it's a bit more manageable when it's on TV because they'll show you the replay a dozen exactly. times. But yeah, somebody else mentioned that in another pod as well. So I guess that's something for us to to stay tuned on. I like that um, appeals claim that you just you, you put through because even that thing with uh, Jesus's goal, it was like really you're chalking it off for that. It's like I get it, and what happens Whoa. is yeah, you're chalking it off for that. Really, like I get it, but really. And even the, off, I, even the offsides as well, how they use it. Like, for me, I'm always going to be like, if it's just a slight bit offside, give it. Give it. Because I want to yeah. see that goal. I want to see that finish. I want to be entertained. But now they're kind of like, even looking at it in like centimetres. And I think there was an article that I was reading briefly. The way the camera frames work, you can never quite get it right in terms of when the ball leaves a player's foot. And when mm -hmm. the player makes a run, so it's like you're always going to be kind of like a frame too soon. A margin for error. Yeah, yeah. yeah. there's going to be a frame too soon or a frame too soon. So it's like even with VAR that's supposed to stamp out all the errors and make it this game without any issues or any bad decisions, they're still going to happen. But for me personally, that's part of the sport. That is part it of being a fan. It's like you, you'll watch a game and whatever happens, and that's part of the discussion. And like three years later, you can be like, oh, what about if that chance? Oh, man. And you know, they're not even really taking it away because you're using VAR and you're kind of coming to the same conclusions anyway so yeah we'll, we'll, we'll see man we'll see how it goes man and and that Jesus moment that imagine if that went in that last minute winner that everyone's was going nuts I'd but see, then that gets taken away I'd see your Mayaka was 
livid. Oh, didn't. Yeah. Oh, they dropped some points. Yeah, oh. that's it. Don't worry, Fahi. That will be a famous moment. It's gonna get this. us. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, don't worry. We'll, we'll get. We'll get you lot, and then we'll, we'll yeah. get you in the pod. We'll that's it. Didn't. All right. Them and their two, two, two wins. You know. All right. Cool. All right. Let's uh, just finish up with some uh, listeners' questions. Uh, this one is from Rafi FC. Uh, rank midfields of the top six based on tech and effectiveness. And let's go from worst to best, guys. United at the bottom. Like, pretty simple. <laughs> <laughs> We're definitely at the bottom. Hold on, one thing. Before is, we answer, is are, it we, are we rate... Yeah, exactly. Is it technique over effectiveness or is and, it effectiveness over technique? It's based on tech and, so it's a combination. He didn't give any more nuance than that. So, I mean, that can cause some debate about, amongst us, if we like. What's more important? Yeah, or what you're leaning heavy, more heavily to in your rating. I would I would lean towards effectiveness, but you guys will say... Of course you would. Liverpool fan, innit? There you go. Liverpool there you fan, go. Shameless <laughs> <laughs> Yards covered. Yards covered, I like. The, yeah. the midfield with the most yards yeah. covered wins, no? Cool. Boy. So we got so we got obviously Man United our midfield bottom. Who would you have as the next one up? Me personally, because I don't like the midfield. Liverpool's is there. <laughs> I I just feel like they're... And what and what and when you say Liverpool's, what actual midfield three are you thinking of or midfield two? I'm thinking of Fabinho, Hendo and Wijnaldum. Okay. That's our main three, so Huh? That's our main three, so it makes okay. it three to be yeah, but uh, I, I just don't. I just I don't like the midfielders. I just don't. I'm, I'm, I don't really rate them that much. I just feel like they 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 do a good function. They run. They press. They do all their jobs. They keep it basic and that. And um, yeah, but in terms of if if you're just looking at midfields in isolation and you had a, a random team, you wanted to pop three into Real Madrid's midfield. I, I feel like those three would be the second worst. Okay. Right, big man, you're not putting Hendo in Madrid's midfield. No, but that's what I'm saying. We we we, we are debating. As a midfield, who's is the best in terms of effectiveness and tech? But obviously, it's hard to remove them out of context of the whole system. So I'm taking your midfielder out of your system, putting them in a random team. So put mm. them in a random team, and then which one do I think will do better? So it's going to be United at the bottom, clearly. And then for me, it's Liverpool after that. And then for me, Arsenal after that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, so, so when you I, say I, Arsenal, what, what midfield are you going with there, Leroy? I'm going with a three. I'm going with Torreira, Gendouzi and Ceballos because they're the three that I think is the best three. But now nah, that's not your three, brother. Oh, no, 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 no. No, but oh, come on. No, no. We can't be doing that. Like, we play together, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, bro, Xhaka is a mainstay in that midfield. Give me that midfield. Give me your midfield again, please, yeah? I'm probably remixing the midfield, you know? <laughs> That's what I had to ask. I had to oh, ask. Sickening. <laughs> Go on. Well, so, well, the thing is, are we saying on, on what's been played? Or, no, the thing is, on what you Okay, if we're going to say Xhaka, Torreira, and then Zabayos, yeah? yeah? Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah, that, is that fair? Even, even then, I still think that's Liverpool's midfield. So yeah, okay. um, I'll, I'll go from there. You say Jack is the worst midfielder of that bunch. He is the worst midfielder of that bunch, but I think um, Torreira and Ceballos are make it. Yeah, bring it up, bring it up. I mean, oh, it's not, it's not, it's not fine margins. Obviously, like our midfield's not great, yeah. but um, yeah, definitely. And then it's up to um, the other two to battle it out. Or other... oh shit, we've got Spurs as well. Spurs is dead. So what oh, is no, that no, midfield though? No, because they've signed in, in the, in Don Bele, on Dembele and Los Celso. So, yeah. Uh, what do you think good. of the Celso, though? Because I'm not quite convinced. You know? I think but he's, he's not fit. Yeah, he came back it's going to take him no a while fitness. as well. Yeah, that's what Poch was saying. It's going to take him a minute to get to that level. I'll keep my eye on you. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are you. So, what are you saying? Spurs is uh, 
Yeah, but, Spurs is probably better than us. Yeah, and so, again, yeah. what, what's their midfield when you, you when you think of Spurs? I'm thinking of Winks is because the plan for um, uh, what's his name, uh, Pochettino was Winks um, flanked by um, Ndombele and uh, La Celsa. That was the plan, but then if not, we could say Winks and Ndombele and Sissoko. And even and that would still be same, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I cool. think so. Yeah. All right, and then so second is obviously Chelsea. Chelsea, and then obviously yeah. City. Because Cal- I have to say, I mean, I've apologised bare times, but this Cante brother is the he's most immense. effective. He's immense, man. No, you know what? He's the... no, 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 no. Let me. No, I don't even know what the word is. It's not even effective. He has the biggest influence. Yeah. Of. Any midfield, like his top five in terms of influence, I think of any player I've seen on a football pitch. Confirmed. His influence is mental. It's ridiculous. Mental. Team goes like, up. Team goes up a level. Team bro, goes up a bro, level. Do you know? Do you know how he's, much this is music to my ears? Ah, oh, Jesus oh, Christ! I had him. I had and the thing I, is, it makes me sick watching it. Right? <laughs> the game's angry, a game, like, man. Bro, the game do you know game, how Pete the U is like? Ah, oh, he's unbelievable. Shocking he's that you like, lot didn't have him in your top tens. To be honest. <sighs> I did. I had him in mine, I think. I had, I'm him, in sure I had him in mine as well. Maybe temp. I had him temp, though. Yeah, same. Yeah. Shocking. But just his influence on a football match, like, takes the team up two, three notches. Yeah. So, yeah. Scary. Got to pay respect where it's due. It takes an average midfield to a world-class one. It's crazy. Oof. Yeah. It's levels, man. I can't think of the last player who had that kind of impact. That's a yeah. standalone player, man. Yeah. And that's it. And the thing is, you, like, if you look at him... In terms of his attributes and stuff like that, you might not think anything stands out or it's not that special. But when he actually plays a football match, he, the impact he has, like you say, just has that much of an effect on the team. That can't be ignored. Oh, Cannot respect. be ignored. Big, big respect for you for seeding uh, there. Uh, probably took a but, lot, but, out, of, took a lot out of you. I respect uh, it, man. Yeah, but you didn't put it on wax, though. You didn't put that on recording. So obviously now we've got that on recording. <laughs> So if we hear you chatting shit again, we'll just play this back to you, yeah? Ah, uh, say no. <laughs> and then what, your top midfield is what? Rodri, uh, KDB and um, Silva. But, but, and Silva, yeah. Either one of them, like, it doesn't even yeah, matter. Yeah, you can't, you can't lose out. Cool. Uh, got yeah. another question from Mubarak underscore 251. Uh, when are we going to put the lights on Spurs? Have been poor the past two seasons. Uh Jose's United. Two seasons. Jose's United. What? Four points ahead of them in seventeen eighteen, and they lost thirteen games last year. So, um, would you have to say to Mubarak underscore two five one? I mean, it's debatable because they've been punching. Still. Yeah, they've been punching. You need to look at the club and like what their aspirations are, mm. and for what their aspirations are, they've achieved it. Like, if we told you last season they're going to reach the Champions League final, everyone would have laughed. Mm. So, so what are we putting the lights on? To be honest, they, oh, yeah, exactly. And they got the Champions League final. They didn't win it, fair yeah. enough. But they're they're overachieving on their own aspirations. So, and the thing is, they're overachieving. They're, they've been in the last few seasons. They've been categorically the third best team in the league. Yeah. Mm. Um. In, in in those seasons, they've reached Champions League final, even though they lost to Liverpool. On and if you look at their wage bill, their wage bill is significantly less. They spend significantly less in transfer fees than um the other big clubs in terms of net spend, almost non-existent. So I just don't see what you can put the lights on. Potcher's literally squeezed every bit of blood out of that team. Boy, Mubarak uh, underscore 251. I think you, you heard it first here, Governor. That's a real pamming, if I do say so myself. <laughs> uh, I've got a question from Mr. Underscore Semra. 
Uh, should the Golden Goal concept be reintroduced into domestic knockout competitions to improve the entertainment element of the game? This would mean the reintroduction of extra time, but with greater incentive to go for the jugular. Mm. That's a good shot, you know. That's a good uh, shot. But the thing is, Golden Goals, it's just too much because you can have a Golden Goal in the first like, minute. I, that, that's the game done. I'm here to and be entertained, bro. But for me, the pain that the team that loses gets, that's enough for me. That's my that's my drug. That's my drug. Because I've already planned my day around a 90-minute match, so you're adding 30 minutes onto that. That other yeah. team, the tears, where they think, oh, yeah, we got 30 minutes to do our thing, and then, ooh, just crashing. Ooh. Like, that's, endor- that's endorphins. That's endorphins, yeah. man. I mean, for me, I mean, I've got a, probably a bit of a bias because this is my work side coming out rather yeah. than my football fan. Yeah. I'm, I, I would like to see it, but what I prefer, I think extra time should be scrapped. I've always extra okay. time should be scrapped, and, what, and I think you, it all might just go straight to pens or something along those lines because I've got real big worry about the way football's going in terms of the load is putting on these players, okay. and uh, in terms of the load is putting on these players because these players are now doing um, pre-season tours for commercial reasons. Mm-hmm. They're doing um, they're trying to extend European competition for commercial reasons and money. They're doing more international tournaments and extending international tournaments for commercial reasons and money. The seasons are going a bit longer. They're doing pre-tours, post-tours, and all this kind of thing. I feel like if the union of footballers union needs to get their act together because players aren't getting the appropriate amount of rest that is required in between matches. I think, um, I don't remember what it was. I think it's at least 72 hours. It should be, but they're not getting that and they're not getting that for prolonged periods in the season. Um, I feel like you're literally flogging footballers and I feel like extra time, a lot of the time is where it's just adding load for no reason. It's where mm-hmm. injuries are going to happen, and you're shortening players' careers, and you're messing with their money. It's so, not even enjoyable to watch from a spectator's point of view. No, everyone's knackered. So I, I feel like extra time should be scrapped in in all of football, and they should just go straight to penalties if it's not uh, done in the ninety minutes. Mm-hmm. And if that's not going to happen, then I'll go for golden goal because it'll get rid of it quicker. Mm-hmm. Leroy coming through with the hot takes. Do you do? I respect it, man. That was good, man. Do you do this on touch? Do you do this on touchy gooners as well? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm about to say, you saved that crap for them one day, yeah? All right, cool. I got, I got a, uh, another question from uh, Chunkalunkin. Oh, I, felt, oh. I felt funny saying that. Uh, uh, cool. <laughs> I assume we all agree Emery got his tactics wrong. Do you think the game plan would have worked with Tierney and Bellerin on the flanks? No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, next question, please. Because nah, he didn't get he didn't get it wrong anyway. Tactics were right. It's just that individual. Tactics were right. Yeah, David Luiz is a dick. So yeah. yeah. Oh my dear, you're nasty. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> is, it, is it always agendas, B? Yeah. Agendas got, got to fly. Off, man. Uh, got another question from the Ethiopian guy. Uh, do you expect the Norwegian PE teacher to be sacked by the Christmas period or earlier? <laughs> I was going to ask that still. I was actually going to ask that. How long do you think Oli's going to last? Boy. Yes, Mariah, come on. Norwegian PE teacher. I think, I think uh, if we continue the way we're going, it's going to be before Christmas. Before Three Christmas. wins in 15, so it's a bit worrying, isn't it? It's like, more than a bit worrying, man. It's a full-on disaster, to be honest with you, man. To be honest, I don't think you can even call him a PE teacher. I think you have to call him a substitute PE teacher. <laughs> You don't even deserve that title right now. Oh, gosh, man. Yeah, yeah. We, we botched it in the window. And I think... Uh, I don't know what Ed wants, really, to be honest with you. I don't know if it's a... Uh, I'm going to give you very little. Let's see if you show me enough that I should back you heavily. Because with Jose, he went the other way. Where it's like, I'm going to back you. And then Joe James was like, back me more. And he's like, bruv, I've backed you bare. And I'm not liking what I'm seeing. So maybe trying to revert. But has he been given the tools? I don't really rate him as a manager. 
but has he been given the tools to try and get the best out of the team? I don't think he has. If we're, on this, if we're on this pod saying that the team lacks creativity, then how much can you really pin on him? Like, it's, it's difficult, man. I don't rate him, but you've got to back him, man. You've got the money to back him, so do it, man. But, but do you really want to back him? Because the thing is, who are the other players you were linked with? In midfield, you were linked with Sean Longstaff. I Wait, wish you signed Sean Longstaff. Bruno Fernandes. Paolo, Dybala, you know. Oh, some, yeah, true. Fair some, play, fair some play. good players there, some dead players there, some decent players there. But it's better than what we have. Like, if your mm. other option is Freddie coming off the bench, I can't stand that. I can't stand that, you. If that's your other option, you can't really, you can't really blame him, man. Like, I think he knows that Matic is done, isn't it? So, man, yeah. yeah, he knows. So, Matic ain't going to touch the pitch. So, he's having to make the best out of a rough a rough squad, man. So, yeah, I don't see him, like you said, the manager makes his money by getting the best out of the best players that he has. But I don't think that's Oli. I don't think he's adventurous either. And he's not front foot in terms of in terms of making changes to the team and in terms of substitutions within games. So, if he's just going to keep trying to go with these lot again and again and again, then, you know, if you keep on saying that word again and again and again, <laughs> you're going to lose your job before Christmas mate sorry yeah. man it was a pleasure yeah. thanks for 99 though and uh, <laughs> got, a, got, a, got, a, got a question from special Cav KAV there uh, is Harry Wilson underrated as a set piece taker I don't think so um, no. will he break through at Liverpool next season or best thing to sell him and Sfahi I want you to elaborate on him a bit more because I think I saw um, during pre-season Liverpool fans talking about his all-round game and why he may not make it at the club so give us a bit more insight on Harry Wilson please yeah so he, he is like so in terms of what you've seen at Bournemouth so far is basically what he's about he, he's he's flashy he loves a shot he cracks like really really great shots like his set pieces are great his long shots are great but in terms of what he brings to the team from like a from like a progressive attack point of view like he's not the greatest yet and I think what the whole point of us loaning him to Bournemouth was about was like he can pick that up a bit better Eddie Howe is obviously a great coach um, and I think that's like the perfect place for him to kind of learn a bit more about the attacking side like from a team perspective rather than your individual side so like from an individual point of view he's super confident but from a team perspective I don't think he's got it all there um, and I don't think he's ready for Liverpool right now but I think learning him to Bournemouth was like the best possible move we could have done um, what happens next season time will tell because it kind of depends on what he does this season but so far he's had flashy moments again um, but it's a case of how Eddie kind of integrates him into the Bournemouth team um, and then we can go from there what do you think his best position is <sighs> I'd go right wing. Oh boy, Salah boy, you ain't, you ain't getting many games. And, and that, like, the thing is, he's not getting into our team. Like he's just not getting into our team. So what is the point of us having him? Like you're kind of stifling a good potential player. You may as well loan him out to a team that plays good attacking football in the same league, so he can pick up a bit more experience. So I really do think this is the best possible move for him. And I'm like, I'm looking forward to seeing what he actually achieves this season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like right now, he he's not Liverpool ready, man, at all. Yeah, it's levels, man. You lot are a high level team, so you gotta you gotta see what he's able to put together for you. Uh, Meads and Leroy, anything you want to share about Harry Wilson? No, I think he's a good player. Um, but yeah, it's just levels, isn't it? I think fantastic striking ability, but beyond that, in terms of progressing play, in terms of building play, um, it just doesn't really offer much. He's a goal threat though, but. Is he going to, if, when and when Salah leaves, um, is he going to replace Salah? I don't think he's got it in him, really. Well, I, I, don't, 
I don't know anything about him, so I, can't I respect really that. Yeah, yeah. Let's keep it moving. Uh, got a question from Sagant Sonso underscore. Uh, I need you to discuss Gary Neville and his xenophobic slash bias <laughs> agenda. I'm happy that question came up. Obviously, been a hell of a week for old Gary. Uh, Have so you seen him yesterday, what you were saying? Uh, nah, yeah. I didn't. So um, You wouldn't say this in front of my face, mate. Oh, yeah, man. on Twitter. He, he's Twitter oh, yeah, I saw now. that. I saw that. So, obviously, it started with the game against Wolves. Spent about half an hour talking about a penalty and Paul Pogba being selfish and it all being about him. Ridiculous. And then, obviously, saying Rashford should be taking the penalty. Funnily enough, I hate to, it to be Rashford because I like him. He's a good youth. Misses his penalty, then goes like, oh, yeah, you know, that's how it goes sometimes. These keepers are so agile. Keeper went the wrong way, by the way. Uh, these keepers are so <laughs> agile nowadays. So, obviously, rightly so, a few United fans were calling him, calling him out online and basically saying, address your biases. And furthermore, where's your where's your uh, hot stuff for the Glazers? And he just started going off on one about, you wouldn't, you wouldn't say different. Big man, you know. Like, who are you, bro? Yeah, yeah. Like, he's talking like he's some wedge guy himself. <laughs> So, what yeah, are you going to do? <laughs> I, I, hate talk, I don't hate talking about Pogba because I think it's good that we highlight it. But maybe for people who listen, it's a bit boring because it's like every week. But this is the reality of the, the, the lives these players have to live. And the mm -hmm. second you're not one of these guys, everything you do is highlighted and it's criticised and they put that lens on you and they do it to foreign players all the time. So not necessarily just Pogba and not necessarily just black players, but anyone who's not of here, everything you do has to be ran through the rumour mill, etc, etc. So, yeah, what, what do you lot think of the whole Gary Neville kind of Pogba agenda? I feel like Gary Neville has to think about his rhetoric when it comes to Pogba because it's not just what he says, it's how he says it. Like, if you look at the tone and the mannerisms and the use of language when he was speaking about Pogba, it was all kind of disgust, disgust language. It was like, oh, he's selfish, he's this, he's that, make me sick, blah, 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 blah. That comes across and that kind of fuels and that fans the flames of a player who's already much maligned. I mean, don't get me wrong, a lot of um, the reason that Pogba's got at it is because he's black and we're just keeping that 100% real. Some of the reason why he's got at it is because he's very overrated by United fans. That's why I get him all the time. But I feel like Gary Neville really needs to sit down and think about the way he speaks about players, not just what he says, because... Uh, it, it, he's actually he's he's, he's adding he's adding um, oil to the flame. He's adding oil yeah. to the flame a lot. I, I think I think the biggest learning curve for him is for him to understand the impact of his words and what that like causes. And yeah. I don't I don't think he's actually understanding. A big man like him's not getting what he says on TV and the way he paints a picture really causes a big like kerfuffle online and like. Yeah, it he's, was he's respected. He, he's respected by United fans. So if exactly. he says this guy ain't playing for the shirt, they're gonna believe him. They're gonna believe him exactly. So like, I think he really needs to understand the like the amount of importance people place on his words. Um, and I don't feel like he's understanding that right now. Yeah, it goes everywhere though. I think I, someone was saying that on Sunday supplement today they were blaming Rashford's miss on Bob by saying that oh, he was. <laughs> <laughs> that, he, that he was um, frust no, he was flustered by the whole situation. It might have been playing in his head. <laughs> oh, that, that Pogba missed last week, and that's probably why he missed. Damned if you do, damned if you don't, man. Yeah, if I'm nuts. Pogba, I'm, I'm like, listen, you guys got me grafting in the deadest team, and you still have the ball. And then that extends to like far. He said, Rashford got racial abuse online uh, yesterday. As did Pogba when he missed on on Monday, and it's like. Not when will it stop because we know this is the nature of this country. 
But it's like you look like a bro broken clock. Really, is how is how I see it. Like if Pogba does a madness in his in his next game, you lot will be jumping off the terraces, screaming off his name in the moment that he does something that's not not good or is an accident. Players miss penalties every. Messi and I'm Messi. I'm a card holder of the Messi fan club. He misses penalties every week. B. So I'm not I'm not feeling it at all, man. And Gary needs to he sort it out. And if he wants to get pammed, we're happy to have you, bro. Trust me. <laughs> but he needs to cut, though. Pogba needs to cut. Like, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, he, He's yeah, done yeah, his yeah. time. He needs to cut. He has he done his time. Like, even within... I think he had a decent game yesterday. And it's like yeah. everything has to go through him. And he's the one who has to bring the injection of pace. And that will play the one-two off Martial. Then he's running onto it to then link up with Lingard, who just does, is able to just do a nice little touch for McTominay. Like, you can't be relying on one player this much. And yet, he's not a perfect player. But when everything that your club does going forward comes from him, you got to cut him some slack, man. you got to cut yeah. him some slack, man. And uh, I, I, you ain't backing that there, Leroy, yeah? Uh, <laughs> I've got a question. <laughs> yeah. i got a question from Certified Tie underscore. I think it's a pretty easy answer, but let's see uh, what you guys have to say. Um, who's more influential in their prime for Liverpool, Torres or Suarez? Suarez. Suarez, 100%. Yeah, that was, that was an easy one there. Yeah, next question. Yeah. Um, Lamb underscore Ness, is there an all-time Prem legend who would be a bum in today's game? Let's think of a few. <sighs> I'm, I'm thinking, uh, oh, Burkham, Eric Cantona. Burkham, aye, aye, um, <laughs> Lundberg, nah, uh, Eric... Gilberto, Robert Perez. Perez. You don't need to lie. But no, seriously, Eric Cantona. He like, would not no be joke. a bum, though. Come on, B. No, he would, but he's, he's, got, he's playing with a beer belly. He's taking the piss. <laughs> He would be a bum. <laughs> well, my man would get moved up. You think that beer belly's getting around Van Dyke? Nah, 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 nah. You ain't breakfast. getting a yard. You ain't getting a yard off Van Dyke still. I, I'll yeah. take that. I'll take that. Anyone else? Let's, let's look inside our own houses. <laughs> Ooh, all right, cool. Uh, legend, legends. Um, legend. He'd be, be a proper bum, like a proper bum. Yeah. Ooh. Legend. Yeah. I mean, if you're if you're being specific to club legend, you can go to like players who have cult hero status as well. If you want, uh, Ray Parler. <laughs> so that's why he was really specifying legends. Like he's not a legend. I know he'd be a bum, but can I use his name? <laughs> Ray Parler, really? Romford Pele, yeah. You know, you know. Romford Pele. Nah, he'd be a bum today. Still, he'd get moved up. Alright, cool. What about you, Fahi? All right, so I'm trying to think, yeah. So from legends, I can think of McManaman, Fowler, Owen. They they would all fit in right now. Yeah. Um, Torres would fit in. Gerard would fit in. Mm. Suarez would fit in. So like really and truly, who can I think of from Liverpool that wouldn't fit in that was a legend? I can't think a gen. All right, let's go with Jamie Carragher. He'd yeah, get moved he'd to because he because he, he was getting moved to back then, so he'd yeah. get moved to now. So. <laughs> you get moved to back then. Nah, do you know what? Yeah. I, I need to disagree with Fari here. Yeah. I think Michael Owen would have been a bum because I oh, feel like... He's Fia Walcott. He's yep, Fia Walcott. He's So he would have been... He banged in the generation of two strikers. If mm -hmm. Michael Owen came through in, um, in academies now, he'd be uh, shifted out to the wing because he couldn't play one up top by himself. And he's not got the ability for that. He's not got the dribbling ability or the technical ability. His goal-scoring ability wouldn't have been seen because he'd have been playing out wide. So I think he'd have been a bum. He'd have been like... Um, like uh, one of them off the ball players, but he would have never reached mm. the heights he reached. Mm. Fair, you know, you know, I'm not even gonna like back the argument because I really don't care about Owen anyway. So like, <laughs> yeah, like he's, he's, a, to, he's to, a pagan. So, so you like, lot, you lot for you lot not to be feeling him. Um, what about Lundberg, uh, Leroy? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to avoid his name. Still, 
Oh, no, he wouldn't have been great. He wasn't the best technically. He's just a, he's a, he's a similar type of player in terms of um, wide player off the ball, pretty much. But he, he wouldn't have done much because the athleticism in this today's league is a bit nuts. So yeah, glad you glad we got that on toast. Uh, oh, yeah, who, but who, who, who about United then? Apart from Cantona, apart from Cantona, you can't use my name. I backed up. No, 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 bro. You need to give me your own name. What about Bex? Would Bex? No, 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 no. He would. He just wouldn't be a right. Midfielder, but I think he'd do all right in deep central midfield. He had tenacity, he had technique, he had good passing range, and he was sick from dead balls. Do you know what? I think uh, I think he'll be running in treacle, you know. Yeah, I think you. I think he'd be like James Ward Prowse. I think he'd be like slumming it at Southampton. Nah, he has a bit more engine about him than James Ward Prowse, man. Oh, I don't know, man. Like Harry Wilson, like it would be free kick merchant. Free kicks, corners. <sighs> Dead balls in general. What, you make it, you're making a career at United out of free kicks and corners? Bruv, <laughs> he'd have been totally Adam. Yeah, ooh, you know what? Beckham might have struggled in this this era still. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's not cool. a bad That's shot. all I wanted. I needed to get out of today. That's it. I'm, I'm happy, man. What, I'm job happy. job done. done, yeah? Job done, job done. Uh, cool, I'll, I'll take that L, man. I was a big Beckham fan. He was the one who got me into football, so that hurt a, bit, a little bit. Bex, uh, Bex, if you do listen to this podcast, I apologise. And that was completely under duress, yeah? Uh, <laughs> Mies had to cut off early because he's got a, a little uh, shindig that he's going to on a Sunday evening, funnily enough. But we'll ask him questions about that on the next pod. So I just want to thank you both for coming on. Fahi, obviously, just keep doing what you're doing. Keep winning. Well, yeah. don't keep winning, actually. I want you to stop doing what you're doing. I want the next time. But then, you're... listen, like you need to understand that helps the other podcasts. Yeah, like, we're a family. End of the day, so you need me to win. Like you need nah, my team to win. I don't for, mind. For I, don't, of... I don't mind Cop and Gunas burning and crashing. To be honest with you, Boy, we'll take the, the L. Thing is, we'll not, take the, the L. It's not. We're just gonna grow. <laughs> we're gonna grow. We're gonna keep on growing. Every win, more followers, more listeners. Like let's keep it up. Man. Let's keep it up. Cop and Frack are on Wednesday mornings. Uh, I can't be. I can't be. I got, can't lie. I ain't listened to that. That ain't listened to that once. Yeah, that's fine. That's I, fine. Can't, I can't have Liverpool fans. Make sure, I can't make make sure you listen, listen on Wednesday. I, I, I can't listen to Liverpool fans. On the next pod. Please listen on Wednesday. I'll uh, even I'll send you the link, yeah? Please. Uh, <laughs> cool. <laughs> and uh, Leroy, Touchy Gunas. I like you lot's thing, man. Nice little nice, oh. n- nice little group still. Obviously, you're, still, you're, you're downtrodden like we are, so it's nice to hear that pain. But <laughs> it looks like you have, you're turning a corner potentially, so I may we'll not, see. I may stop listening very soon. We'll see, we'll see, so man. I just wanna, we'll see. Uh, you lot who are going to carnival, uh, enjoy yourselves. Make sure you stay hydrated. Uh, at this point, I won't even mention the Patreon anymore because we've only got about twelve contributors. But if you do want to donate, go to at Houdini, W H O D E K N E E. And drop some cash on him, yeah? And he'll probably appreciate that. Um, and anything else, join the conversation. Uh, have a nice evening. Peace. In a bit. Yeah, yeah, dickhead. <laughs> My Patreon's got 12 contributors and one person's paying three times. So really, it's nine contributors. We get 8,000 8, listens a pod, you know? People but are stingy. People are stingy. A fiver. All right, now, we've got to address that. I'm addressing that on every pod going forward, man. <laughs> Joke thing. All right, lads, man. Nice one. In a bit. In all right, a bit. all right. Peace. Okay. Peace. Peace. 
We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Sports Social Podcast Network.